Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of October 2020. And as the weather changes, of course, we we expect um, <laughs> more COVID to go through the roof, as they say, since the particles really are rather prevalent in, in the world. And that's all these PCR tests do, is they detect particles of of bits and pieces, you might say, of viruses, this particular virus, but not even that one. It's a whole range of coronaviruses. It doesn't really matter when there's a big agenda there, because I won't even go through all the statistics. You know that. You're all fed up with them anyway. You've seen it all before. This is, this is a repeat to what you saw in the spring. And uh, we told you then, I keep mentioning it, that Fauci and the rest of them, the WHO, and Bill Gates told you that you'd be locked down. They wanted a complete lockdown to see how, it, how we, if we just fall for it and go for it uh, right up, up until next year, even the year beyond that. But they, they lessened it off a bit for the for the summer, and um, and they started dishing out the test kits again in the last month or so to try to get the more the numbers up. The more kits you put out there, the more you're going to find. Because it doesn't mean a person's sick or ill, because these, these things are so prevalent in society. Always, you know, <laughs> there is a joke. And it's an intentional joke, of course it is, because they must have something to try and con you with. Otherwise, you wouldn't believe them at all, because you just don't see the evidence there. And, oh, they're back out with the graphs again, aren't they? Oh, the graphs are just go way up yonder like a rocket taking off. Woof. But nobody's ending up really, really sick with it. And of course, the people who, again, this is a time of year where when, when in the elderly people, it hits them when the weather changes very quickly, that they come down with problems. They've already got pre-existing conditions, as you know, and can count on a whole bunch of them getting sick with pneumonias of all kinds. That's why, they, 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 that's why they, they're always coming out with the flu shots at this time of the year, too, and pneumonia shots. But it doesn't stop it happening, and folk die quite... Uh, Frequently, <laughs> at a certain age, and we we'll, we'll all get there. We'll all have our time for it too. Nothing's going to stop that. But uh, of course, they use that under the guise of COVID that's causing it, etc. Because they must get the numbers up once again, and 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 they're having a hard time of it because the, yeah, you can get more positive tests with these ridiculous PCR t- kits that are useless. Uh, including the inventor said that they're not meant for diagnosis but let's not let facts get in the way here of agendas because it's an agenda it's a global agenda much bigger agenda than just to do with COVID much bigger agenda than, than just the general term of the Great Reset from the World Economic Forum it's much much bigger than all of that because if you go into the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, it's, it's not just that. It's, it's the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which they also have come out about. And it's the whole new way of living, a completely different structured system that ties in completely agenda for the 21st century. The whole century, remember, the century of change. This is what we're in right now. Something they talked about for 50 years in the last century, the coming century of change, the, the time of transition. And lots of things are transitioning, mind you, and um, and the whole new meaning of almost existence is to be changed, and in with it comes 
uh, from the third industrial revolution, where they're claiming that that was a digital era when they came out with the internet, etc. The next part is the internet of things, which they talked about again years ago. They'd bring this in eventually. And that's what the 5G, the interconnecting uh, system of all uh, ubiquitous traveling nomadic devices, etc., including things that are in your clothing and chips in your shoes and everything that came out years ago as well. It's all coming out now, and that's what it's about. Total tract and trace for your entire life, with all these things communicating to each other all the time. You don't, have, you don't even need to have central bases and that's what I was reading about the military, for instance. They're big into this, and um, they don't even need such central bases to store information. Uh, the storage really can be scattered through all your devices and every other device around you. The same with the COVID tracking apps. I've got some articles here where you know, people, even in Canada, the apps that came out there, with um, it says on them that for employers... You know, who, who can get access to all their employees' apps, data. Too. It's really interesting to see the, the complete throw into disregard of privacy. It doesn't even bother me because we've never had privacy for a long time. And certainly not with cell phones. I, don't believe, I can't believe people still use them because it really is like a manacle. You're, you're carrying your own manacle around with you. You know, Your masters know exactly what you're doing, what you're doing, when you're doing it, how many times you're doing it, and what you've eaten and so on. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings, I suppose, when you think about these apps for employers. And they somehow can tap into the, to the apps for other employees. But it says in the, in the apps that uh, everyone's phone is communicating with everyone else's phone. Kind of like the Windows 10 system, very similar, uh, for, for its updates. And it, it transmits at the same time the data for, for that which is around in its environment, including the distance the person who has each phone is from everybody else. It's just incredible. And the idiots are going along with this, you know. Isn't it sad? It's sad that uh, it's like the, you know, the, the, the kind of poem that uh, man goes out with a whimper, not with a bang, you know, the straw man. And that's kind of like where we are because it doesn't take much to terrify the public. It really, it's very poor propaganda with fudged figures and so on that anybody could see through. Uh, they, and they keep contradicting themselves too. And they're lying awful. I mean, we've never had such a time of blatant lies like this. Really, it's in your face. Blatant lies. And then they're, they're found out. It doesn't stop them. They come back the next week with the same lies again, even when they're uncovered the previous week. So... Facts don't matter, as I say, when it comes down to big agendas. And you have to really wonder about people who fall into it and really believe it all. Because there's some smart characters out there that really are sharp, uh, that, that can see through so much scams and, and skullduggery and politics and everything else. But they seem to be towing the line here about the lockdowns. It makes you wonder why I can't trust folk like that at all. Because it's, it's so evident it really is so evident with so many professionals coming out that work with the patients, for goodness sake, uh, and saying it's a scam as well. It's just incredible. Um, and this is a telling time. It's a telling time. I mean, a lot of folks get bought off and paid off in this system, and that's a sad part of humanity that's always been with us. 
they get bought off and they'll, they'll turn their own people in even for for the filthy lucre, as they say. Nothing new in that at all. It, but it still shocks you, I think. A lot of people get shocked when they find out that, that so many people go along, and people they know maybe go along with it too. And I've seen it happen personally in, in workplaces throughout my life. And uh, and they know you're right when you stand up and speak out, speak the truth out. And they'll tell that, not you that in private. They, they, they would like to back you up, but they can't because they might lose their jobs. Well, that's what's... And under that kind of system, there's no point in standing up for humanity when they'll they'll sink themselves and they'll sink you too. You know, if you stand up and fight a battle yourself, they're quite happy to take the benefits of it, but um, they don't want to be part of the battle when it's actually going on. Sad but true. But we're in a in a, a war now. It's a war to change society, and the target of the war are the general population of the planet, you know, the populations of the planet. That's, we're the target of all. We must change our ways and to the proper ways that they've devised for the fourth industrial revolution, which is literally monitored from birth to death uh, in a new system with new types of currencies. And you, actually you yourself, is, you'll be part of the, it's a new form of slavery, actually, because you'll be able to, basically take on loans or and loans doesn't have to be tangible goods or even what you think of as money it can be other things as well and uh, if you can't fulfill them then you, you guess who's up for grabs to be bought for a little while until it's paid off well it's slavery you see and that's usury slavery but it's designed by the highest authorities on the planet and uh, they're all the WEF or a lot of them are the WEF or at least the representatives certainly are and they, they discuss all this stuff rather openly. If you go into their records and their speeches and their and uh, their talks and so on, they're not hiding it so much. They're just some, they're not putting out this other side of it. I, I hope you understand. You, what is like? It's like a cheap holiday ad, yeah? where you see the brochures. Oh my, look at the sandy beaches. There's that sun belting down there. And, and if you're in a, a, a kind of dingy Europe in the winter time, it's awfully appealing when you see that. You say, oh my goodness, look at that, wow. And um, in Canada too, because the, the snowbirds go off to these places. But it's, it's like one of those things. And you see the hotel and it looks like, but the fact is it's not the hotel you only go to, it's a different hotel. And they don't tell you that in the brochure. And you end up in some, some shanty place. Where the bugs might be holding the walls up, you know, if they start moving it all at once, you, the, the, the heaven falls down. So it, it's like that. That's the kind of system that the, the WEF puts out. Uh, the, the World Economic Forum are literally codifying into a new type of law the real class system, the true class, very eugenically orientated to do with uh, better types of people. Uh, middle types of people, um, small business types, uh, and then the ones at the bottom, they're just labor, you see. Uh, they're quite, uh, no, they're unabashed about all this kind of stuff. And how literally it's a race to the bottom for the cheapest labor. So they're going to be in, in a poverty class. But don't worry about it. They've got all these charitable organizations set up, which they run themselves, mind you, and with uh, money from governments to help them. 
they can take care and keep the, the poor folk alive. This is what it's about. They discuss this quite openly. But you'll find as well that, uh, as I say, currency is changing. And the idea of what currency is is changing. You are commodities. We're all human commodities now. We are the workforce uh, of all kinds. We make things. We, we produce and are producers. But we are commodities within ourselves. We, we consume and produce. And uh, you'll get a value score. That's part of your social credit score as well. This is where it all comes down to. It's the next step of the social credit score where you, you, there's a whole bunch of ticks you'll have on your on your page for your masters who own you. They'll be ticked off uh, to do with, are you a good producer, a good consumer? Are you fairly healthy? Uh, do, do you have prior or, or um, possible um, future health problems from, according to your DNA and, and your, 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 in your family history? And so all these things are taken into account. Are you a good bet, in other words, for an employer? You'll find, too, a lot of what's coming down the pike will be insurances. Insurances are going to take over uh, a lot of roles that you, you presently have um, for education, as an example, not just health care and so on, but education and different things is all coming down to insurances. And so insurance companies will literally be the new kind of cash flow systems and credit cards and you will be given a rating on that insurance rating as a good bet for paying off any debts incurred, etc. And that'll be a kind of um, way that's going to go. I don't folk, folk think. I can remember. Oh, I don't think folk realise that insurance companies are some of the biggest uh, promoters and lenders in the world to the, the huge public-private partnership deals that go on. And they have been for maybe 15 years, maybe more. Uh, huge projects as insurance companies have backed them. It's not just the big banks, but the actual insurance companies themselves. So you are the collateral, as I say. You are the product at the same time because uh, you're getting remade all the time for new images and you are getting trained to suit the product. It's so fascinating for me to stand back and remember the talks I gave on Bernays many years ago on on propaganda that he came out with, and and but also his public relations ideas, propaganda for for actual for selling things, you know, PR companies and and advertising companies, because he did say that. To, to governments as well. He worked, remember, for, with about five different administrations, maybe more, during his lifetime, including the military, yeah, propaganda techniques for wars and all that, and huge uh, corporations as well. But he said, eventually, why, why try? to convince the public to buy this car because, as you say, it's better, it's a few inches longer than the previous one. This is all on record. They even have old videos of it, of the woman going in to, to buy the new car, and she, she actually says that, oh, this is, this is longer than the last one or bigger than the last one. All this sexual innuendo and so on. Because don't forget that Bernays was a nephew of Sigmund Freud, and there's it, much more to all this than you think, believe you me. Much more. It wasn't just a couple of people <laughs> with a, a psychiatrist invented to change the world and change all of you in it. You know? 
and it completely interlocks with the idea of the front organization called communism to restructure and control society and destroy family units and everything else. But again, back to Bernays, he says, rather than try to get, because at one time, you see, manufacturers had to make good products before the age of, of disposable items really got going and built in obsolescence, as I like to call it now. And the classic one is the light bulbs. There's a good documentary put out there about the history of light bulbs, how the lifetime got shorter and shorter with the, the cartel getting together, all the producers, and agreeing to, to do the same, make them last only the same amount of time, make it shorter all the time. Anyway, that's an example of that. But, but Bernays said, rather than convince, make good products every year and tell them why they should buy your lawnmower or whatever, he said, he says, alter the society, the consumer, to suit your product. Now, that, that ties exactly right in with, with the, the fourth industrial revolution, the, the new system that you're actually in already, and it's, it's going to accelerate at one heck of a speed with the COVID idea. COVID's part of it, where you're, you're getting retrained to stop thinking for yourselves, to stop being logical, to simply start obeying, and at the moment it's through terror and fear, which is a good way to do it. But that's the technique that's being used. And during this time, of course, uh, you've got a lot of folk who, who are still able to work at all, working from home. That was one of the steps, you see. And uh, new types of Medicaid or medical care, where you won't get real people anymore. You'd be talking to computers. Uh, remote computers, or you might get occasional doctor coming online somewhere and talking to you. So they're making it absolutely imperative that you have your ubiquitous or nomadic devices, either cell phones or tablets or or, or laptops or whatever, so that you, you can participate in this new system. <laughs> and uh, if you don't, uh, they, they, they're not really going overboard, are they, to give you any choices in the matter, are they? They're not, because you see that this is, that this is a must-be now. You're in their system, and their system is constant retraining of you. But the first training is just for you to stop thinking for yourself and to listen to experts and do what they tell you. It's a post-democratic system. And that's what comes over really clearly when you read their, their documentation from the World Economic Forum. It's a completely new way of training the public from birth to death and constant retraining to suit their products and that which they own, all the different uh, gadgets, apps, and all the rest of which they own, which are going to be mandatory to, to exist in the system at all very shortly. It's almost there now, by the way. And uh, as I've, I've said this for so many years, when you start seeing choices get, getting taken away from you, you're, you're going into tyranny. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, choices in whatever products, choices in the food that you eat is one example. Until you're left with one thing, which is what they've all agreed upon at the top, which is probably uh, genetically modified and generally engineered uh, veg vegetables, etc. That's what they want you all on in a post-meat world. For you, they'll have it at the top, of course, themselves. But um, they don't want a, a really a mentally agile society. They want people who are rather easy going and he'll do what they're told to call the Club of Rome. So the Club of Rome is quite open about the fact 
and they have been for many years, this big think tank that works for the, for the big boys in the United Nations as well and so on, the ones who were given and tasked with getting an idea, a PR campaign and an idea to, to get folk to give up rights and everything. And they came up with global warming and climate change and famine and plague and so on, would, and, and drought would fit the bill, you know. And they would say that man was the fault of it, because depopulation is all part of it as well, by the way. Uh, reducing the population big time. And they're rather open about that now, of course. And again, we're, as, as, as the general population gets used to hearing certain things, they start yawning. They, they don't even think very far. And, and it's true. I can remember many, many years ago, a debate went on in the media in the UK, many years ago. And, and it was to do with, do they have the right to give you your thoughts the media, you know, um, and again, very along the lines of Brzezinski with Between Two Ages, his book from the 1970s, when he said shortly the public will be unable to think for themselves. They can only, they'll only be able to repeat the, the news or information or even trivia that are given to them by the previous night's television or news casters and so on. And that's all come to, to pass, as you say. But the thing is, too, uh, the debate in, in the UK was to do with uh, how they can terrify the public, get them all worried about things on behalf of government, because this isn't the first time governments have tried to, to uh, be used to terrify, uh, use media to terrify the public into compliance. We already have the admissions here with the SAGE group, SAGE group in Britain, that gave out the the orders, basically, and, and or the recommendations to all media and, and to, to basically exaggerate bad stories to do with COVID and to create higher tension, to actually increase the tension and anxiety amongst the public so they comply and conform. That's what they handed out to the British folk recently, you know, back in the spring. Well, again, most folk forget all that and right back to, again, as they try to terrify you and scare you. But so that the meeting in Britain years and years ago on, on other issues as well. And uh, it was interesting to, to, to when they actually said that the public, some of the, some of the people who took part in the, the big thing on it, maybe the BBC, I don't know, or the STV or ITV, and they said that uh, the general public literally wait to be told what to do anyway uh, in modern times. They're, they're, they were already trained back then to be told what, and they expect it, like Brzezinski says, the media, he uh, said eventually the public, in t- between two ages, he said eventually the public will be, will expect the media to do their reasoning for them, and well that's all been done, you see. They really do wait to be told by authority figures, even though these are private companies, they're called newscasts, owned by big moguls with their own agendas, who have shares in other corporations and so on and the food industry and everything else, um, they still wait to be told what to do by their masters. So I really mean it. We're like a plantation, you see. And these are the, these are the plantation owners. And we expect them to, to do a reasoning for us on any topic. Yeah. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? So anyway, we're here, and it's, it's, it doesn't bode well, because the general public really now uh, are a lot of them are, are tuning in, as I say, for their for their daily dose of terror once again. They had their little break in the summer, 
which stopped them a lot from committing suicide and stopped a lot of illness, of course, because folk get terribly ill through anxiety. And if you want to reduce your immune system, just become anxious for a long period of time. as well understood. But as I say, you, you, they're, they're getting back to terror, terror, terror every day. And tune in or you might miss something that's going to help save your life. And that's the idea behind it. So they see the same familiar faces. And why would they all be lying to you? Well, it's because you get paid incredible big money to lie to you. And they're psychopathic. They don't mind lying to you. They do that naturally anyway. That's what psychopaths do. They get you to do what they want you to do. That's a gift that a psychopath has, if you want to call it a gift. And they're awfully good at it, you know. And they're awfully likable, a lot of them. And once you get a few of them, you manage to get through through university and so on. Because there are different categories and layers of psychopathy. Uh, from the streets, you know, window smasher, he grabs a, the jewelry and runs for it. To the ones who, who, get, who have got better parents and money to back them up and they, get, they float through college or they're paid to get through. Because a lot of bribery goes on through college too, a lot of these characters, their parents. And they have no problem getting their degrees and then they're, they're put in front of the camera to con you into doing something which perhaps you shouldn't do. And exactly what uh, Aldous Huxley said in his talks with Mike Wallace. But it's all here. You're seeing it. And this whole new way of living from birth to death with the Internet of Things and the 5G communications, that everything has been completely interconnected with an utter record. There'll be no privacy of any kind at all. This is what they're after. And that was all. That's also, and you buy your change, you buy these hubs and all the rest of it for your houses, and you think, well, you know, everybody else has got them. And it doesn't matter if all the different articles that have come out about them contacting the police if he hears a raised voice. It doesn't make any difference to them, you know. Um, they'll sell their souls for convenience, you know, the, something that's going to put the lights on and off for them rather than get up and do it themselves. But there's no privacy, and they're getting used to it now, you see, having no privacy. They don't really mind, I don't think. Most folk really don't mind. Slavery is, is an easy thing to, to just uh, float into when it doesn't put a chain around your neck, you know, physically. Although they're, they're putting manacles around you shortly if you want to take the vaccine, whatever vaccine it might be, untried uh, experimental DNA-changing vaccines. But uh, a lot of folk won't mind and they'll go along with it. In fact, a lot will queue up for it. I remember in 2009, I've mentioned this before, that had such a hype going with the flu that year. Uh, uh, they terrified the public. Oh my goodness, oh, it's horrible, terrible. My. They actually showed you lines on the news. They would show you lines of folk waiting for their vaccine. And they were so terrified because they had articles in the paper. Again, the, the, the hype they give you to terrify you, to, to, to adapt and run top rough to get it. And folk would run to get it. And, and they said in the articles, they might run out. So folk were fighting in line. Some of these old were fighting in line, each other, to get ahead, to get, in case they ran out. Physically fighting. That's what they can do. They can do a lot worse than that, too, with their propaganda and their, their psychological manipulation that they give you. Run by experts. It's, your tax money pays for the best... Con men out there, you know, people who who study it, study you, their behaviors. They're called, you know, 
and neuroscientists, and they can all use it against you to get you to do what their masters want you to do. So they, they, they can train you very quickly to comply and into anything at all. And, uh, and you'll do it, you know. Most of you will do it and comply because you're scared. And how many times have you... Well, you know, what choice do we have? What choice do we have, eh? You know where that ends up, what choice do I have? I was thinking about what they're taught in the higher levels, in the manipulators classes, <laughs> the real higher levels, higher than the universities, you know. And they teach them this kind of stuff. They pick them. Some of them, by the way, are, are apprenticed to people like Kissinger. I don't know if you realize that some of the high trilateral guys, they have young guys apprenticed to them to be the future leaders. They travel with them and they learn this for years, almost grew up with them, some of them. But they also have special uh, uh, classes for, 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 for the future leaders in different areas. And they're taught, what I'm telling you now, how to manipulate whole populations of people. And into persuading, and they're they're already tested with the usual psychopathy test to see if they're if they're no point wasting your time with someone who's going to have qualms down the road. So they pick them to have a certain amount of psychopathic tendencies and narcissistic, very often narcissistic. That comes with with the territory of psychopathy often, and. and they get taught the kind of things about mass manipulation and what they want to do uh, in the future. Some of them know that what they're taught, at, say, say today, won't be implemented or fulfilled completely for about 25 years down the road, some parts of it. So they can wait, they're patient enough. They've got plenty of other things to implement along the way. But that's how these it's long-term strategies. And they're also taught, by the way... Um, they're picked for for to, because they they're very social. They love to socialize. They like to go to parties. The right kind of parties, where the right kind of people you are, you see. And doors open, and they, and by the time they're twenty five, they know everybody, and that's where they 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 can meet all the different people they can use, and who who also other ones will use them to an extent. There's a lot of deals made and so on, and that's how the world is really run by those at the top. Uh, whole layers of these psychopaths beneath them that uh, work on their behalf, well-financed, well-rewarded, who are willing to go along with anything, you know. There's no qualms and guilts there. Um, To the bitter end, uh, they would tell you that that this this or that was necessary. That's what a psychopath always does, whatever it happens to be. If they ever have to answer for it, oh, that was necessary, they've always got an answer. So you're living through this agenda right now, and this internet of things is full of them at the top, or, or the top for that you'll see anyway. That's not the real top, naturally. But it's full of them. You're, you're presented with experts every day on how you should live, think, what to do, how to eat, how not, how to go to the bathroom, whatever it happens to be. Experts, experts, experts. The very thing that Russell, Ben Russell, talked about in the 1940s and the 50s is all here. We'll train the people. They, they can do anything without the advice of an expert. It's all here. And as I say, they give their, their brain over to the media and say, okay, you know, whoever their favorite media character is, and they'll say, you know, do my reasoning for me. So, so if they, if I, especially the older folk that, that have 
they're touted, they're made into stars. Do you ever think about why is a newscaster made into a star? Someone who reads the news. is isn't just papers or teleprompter or whatever happens. They read the news. And they've got to be photogenic, you see. And they prefer them being a certain age, so you see them as, as, as almost an adult or, or parental figure. And the longer they can keep them on that chair without falling off it, uh, the more effective it is until you end up with the old Dan Rather types they used to have and, and uh, Cronkite, etc. Uh, folk grew up with them, and, and they believed everything they were told by them. Yeah? Everything, eventually. These daddy figures wouldn't lie to you. They were, they were representative of the parental figure, you see. And so anyway, as I say, that everything out there, especially what you see on television, is a complete show. It's a show, for goodness sake. It's what they said in Network, the movie. You know, you're the real people, for goodness sake. It says we're the fake ones, but, you know. You, and yet you're looking at your, at your, you're putting your life through this tube to watch us, to see what, we're, what the fake ones are doing, and then you copy them. Great technique, isn't it? Television is a very powerful change agent technology, and that's what Spielberg said himself. He thought it was wonderful how they could alter society and culture and have folk emulate the changes portrayed through fiction. Very powerful, and it certainly has been. Remember, to the, the movie, it was called The Looker, about a modeling agency, a plastic surgeon, gets involved with the models because they start dying off. And it leads to a place where they're using high-tech equipment. This, I think it's from 1970s, maybe. It was made, maybe the 80s, but there's a high-tech uh, institution where they use computerized digital systems way back then. And, and took virtual reality um, patterning of the models uh, very minutely, you know, exactly. And they started altering their features uh, cosmetically to look like what they thought was said was a perfect thing the computer came up with for them. But it was also to do with using a type of mind control over the general public through the airwaves. Through again, through imprinting the, the brain, and by using psychologists, neuroscientists, and behaviorists, and so on, to pattern the brains with what they were showing the public, and uh, that a meeting for all the different shareholders with the company, I guess it was, participants and politicians were there too. When they said, "Where else can you get uh, people to voluntarily give up maybe forty minutes every couple of hours or hour and a half?" 40 minutes of their time to be indoctrinated by you. He's talking about advertising. And it's so true, isn't it? You voluntarily give up your time to be indoctrinated with so that you will buy the products or want the products. And don't forget, too, if it's not buying, then you'll want the products. And if you want the product and you can't afford to buy, every little bit causes a little bit of an annoyance and... Um, Maybe even anxiety that you can't afford that product. Everything affects you. Everything affects you physically and mentally. Because the, the, the mind is completely interconnected with the body. And so you'll see the symptoms of, of anxiety or even depression kick in, sit in. And if, you're, if every few minutes you're getting presented with something you might want, um, 
to think of of how many times the different chemicals are are set loose in your brain when you when you uh, when you get anxious about something or say oh, I'd love I'd love one of those things whatever it happens to be and you can't quite get it. Uh, you're you're played with by professionals, and you don't know it. Your behavior emulates the dramas and the soap operas you, that you see. I remember years ago when they did studies into affairs from women who, who it's mainly women who 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 watch soap operas, and they, they and they correlated them too. By the way, with with um, what those romance books that used to be churned out. A lot of guys wrote them too under women's names and so on. But uh, it was like a soft porn uh, for, 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 for imagination, basically. Rather than the pictures, it was soft porn for women aimed at them. And they did studies to see if the women would act out on it. And a lot of them did, actually. It's admitted to as well. So. so, yeah, you can't say you're not affected by entertainment. You certainly are. Big time. Uh, look at how many folk have got the tattoos. I was looking into why so many people of different age groups have all gone to get tattoos over the last, what, 10 years or so? And there are a list of all the shows and dramas and uh, the, the, that where the, the heroes and heroines would have these these things on them, you know. And uh, there's a, a plethora of tattoo parlors just sprung up and uh, folk rushed to get it done to them, all because of television there and TV series. So everyone's affected by entertainment. And that's why I said, too, even with the COVID idea that uh, we are for Vax, the group that was for the EU Vax campaign, you actually hear them talking about how they're promoting it to the public and how they would insert naturally. They actually said, I think this even naturally won't, won't put a lot of the inserts into into the, the the scripts and dramas and things, and you have the, the characters and the dramas say, "Oh yeah, I, I'm just waiting for this this flu shot to come out," things like that, and that's what makes up the public's mind for them. Their minds are made up by again people. It, it, see, they identify with the characters and the dramas, hmm? and their their firewall is down. The mind uh, is down because it's entertainment. So. It works. It's very effective. I can remember too when they launched. I think it was the Coronation Street series. Uh, the second part, whatever it happened to be in Canada, maybe I don't know how many years ago it was. Now it was to reintroduce a big campaign to try to popularise the, the the new type of the Coronation Street. Maybe ten, fifty. I don't know. It could be maybe fifteen years ago. But the big exposés, big money was spent on it. But they, they said in it how they had so many psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, doctors, and lawyers, and and um, all working for them on the scripts, always. Because the public followed. It, it was a trailblazer on, on the culture changes. Even before mass migration took place, they were training the public for 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 what to expect and 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 even interracial marriages and things it was all done professionally through entertainment through the coronation street as an example before the real thing happened and they actually said that that, that uh, people would follow the same 
arguments and and decisions after watching it when the real things happened. So their their opinions were given to them, and and how their opinions would also be changed, you see. They would adopt the new opinion, oh, well, I guess it's okay, and yada, yada, yada. That's how it was done. So there's no such thing as straight entertainment. And um, I often wonder if there ever really was. Maybe if there was, it was a long, long time ago in uh, book form. A long time ago, perhaps. Children's books are prime examples of inserts of all the PC stuff. The green agenda is all in there. Sustainability is all there. Um, the vegan society that they have to be brought out. All animals are wonderful, and they're all, all the furry creatures are your pals, you see. And so on and so on it goes. And when the children grow up, they're, they're, they're really already recruits. They don't know them, but they're recruits for the green agenda, sustainability. And they'll be used as armies, just like they are now on the streets. But again, using the armies for folk who won't comply with the next step. Of, uh, of the lockdowns, which are going to be perpetual eventually, you see. They want perpetual lockdowns. I've said that at the World Bank, and I, pu- I put up the articles from the PDFs from them before, a few weeks ago, uh, where they said that, that uh, they're looking at least five years of lockdowns, and it could be perpetual. Because don't forget, this, this COVID idea is only, only one thing that they've got in the wings, eh, waiting. And they can they can actually come out with future scenarios of bio warfare. Well, we don't know who did it, but we've got another vaccine hit waiting in the wings for you there. And blah 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 blah. You see, and you'll comply. That's what they've done already with the COVID thing. You know, I, there's there's no way that all the videos came out of China of folk falling flat in their faces. With COVID, it was all staged. That have you seen people in the streets falling flat on their faces in, in America or anywhere else? Hmm? Because it's not the way infections hit you. If you're that that sick, you wouldn't be walking out in the streets in the first place. You see, if you were that sick, huh? and it, it would hit so suddenly, like just like that, boom, down you go. And and China is not known for letting much out for the doesn't rubber stamp. This for consumption for the West, which makes me think that China was in on the, on the big global act. I really do. With the World Health Organization and the Gates Foundation and, uh, and all the rest of them. I really, I really believe that's the whole idea. Remember, the whole idea for the World Economic Forum is the continuation into a, a, a world order, a, a borderless world order. Huh? You're getting the point of view. The borderless idea, the mass migration in the States that were ticked off with Trump uh, trying at least talking about keeping a border. He hasn't done it. I mean, in fact, when you really look into the uh, to the, the migration, Trump let more in, even from India, to, to, for, for, for tech industry, yeah, than anybody had before him. So what he says and what he does are often uh, tangents. But the thing is, he hasn't gone along with the climate change to an extent because he knows. <laughs> he used to use a trick of it too. He knows. And I did the talks years ago where the states of the U.S. are in collusion and they're partnered with ones in Canada, provinces in Canada, to go along with the Green Deals regardless, sustainability, regardless of what the feds do. You see, this is a fact, folks, you know. 
You even have your cities all, all, all signed on to these things and so on. Sustainability. Everything's been changed already. You keep waiting for the big change. You're already in the big change. It's been going on for years. Bits and pieces of it. And yet you, you adapt and you adapt. Mainly because, again, the media, they'll, they'll go overdrive to make sure you get certain messages. We'll go into absolute silence when they're doing uh, the, the little nasty little things, right, you know, furtively. They don't want you to know, you see. Now, always remember, too, in the perfectly controlled society, most folk um, don't want to be told about things. They, they want the masters to deal with all the, the, the little problems for them. They'll say, well, that's what you're paid for, you know, don't bother me with that. You know, get on with it, whatever it is, and do it. Uh, a lot of folk are like that. It's quite, quite interesting to see that. So the enemies, you see, uh, that you have, if you're a free thinker, and you like this idea called personal freedom and privacy. This is, this word is going to be outlawed shortly. It's almost, almost there now, privacy. Most folk gave it up long ago. But there's still folk who like this idea of privacy. It's your right to have privacy. It's your right to have your own thoughts. It's your right to, to have no intrusion into your mind. You see? And, and folk just give it away just so easily. People fought, people fought for centuries to get privacy and rights from feudal systems and overlords. They fought so hard, step by step by step, to get, so, so that the military, and it's generally the military that they used to use, say in Europe, before police and so on, but, but, and even the police never militarized, but they used the military and the military under the, the old king queen feudal systems would, would go into people's homes and rampage through them and do whatever they wanted to do and you couldn't stand in their way or you had no rights at all. If you got in the way, they just put a bayonet through you. And that's how, it's how it used to be, you know. Again, folk don't really quite get it. And that's not long ago that happened. Blake, yeah, he was Blake in London, the poet, he talked about it too, where where the, the guards, some guards, some grenadier guard, whoever it was, but they came and tried to rampage through his, through his guard and everything, and through his house, for looking for something else or somebody else or whatever it was. And that's how it used to be, you see. But the folk, the folk uh, today have given up most of their rights. The, a lot of folk, if you listen to them, because they've heard countless little bits and pieces of arguments and data uh, about this, about that privacy idea, and... And they've already been swayed. They say, oh, you don't really need it. We're being taken care of. Is that what you're here to be, to be taken care of? Do you really be, if you believe that, you're finished. <laughs> you're finished, you know, to be taken care of. Socialism isn't the old socialism that folk thought of. And even when they thought of it, it wasn't the same way either. Socialism was a scientific system that we'd be brought in, where it would be run properly by the proper people, the experts. That's what they believed. And they never quite achieved it, naturally, through communism or, and, and, uh, and the West's uh, socialism. But this is it. It's, it's, for, it's for those who are already the masters, socialism, because it's a whole system where you're controlled and run by the state. Well, corporations love that when they already own the governments. 
<laughs> and they do own the governments. When you have politicians that need X amount of bucks to get in and to run, and they need the compliance of the media, are often owned by the by the biggest money guys on the planet, but they, they need the compliance of the media to even run for, or to even get mentioned and get good publicity, then uh, they're bought and paid for. Very simple. Bought and paid for. Yeah. They're also asked certain questions if they'll be for this and for that, or even for certain other countries. And they must go along. If they do that, then they might be considered. If they don't, if they say no, 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 it's, they've had it, you know. That's how the world runs. Eh? But most folks, as I say, will give up uh, every right that they have to be the same as everybody else. If they see their peer group rushing towards the end of the cliff because it's a great experience, and it's in 3D or something, they, they want it as well. You know? yep. Imagine spending all that money on an iPhone eh? or any kind of phone. Stacks of money. Overblown cost of, of having a service of it. A service. It's not like a service is it? It's going to rip you off so, so much bucks a month for such a tiny little amount of gigabytes. Eh? And at the same time, you're, as you're buying it, they've got all these apps that are going to be put in there mandatorily to track and trace you. What's wrong with you? I said years ago, the government should be giving you all the computers for free. It was like track and trace you and to manage your thoughts and find out what you're thinking and doing. No, that's what it was for. To standardize a population's thoughts, attitudes, and behavior. Standardization. On behalf of those who ruled you. And then the cell phone came in. And, and big bucks and all the, but yeah, it's going to track trace. And, and then, they'd, then they'd start telling you, you know, yeah, we're taking data and feeding it to this and that and all, but until the folk don't care anymore. Well, they're gone, I'm afraid. You're gone. Because it, it took centuries to fight to get the rights to privacy. And with a little flashing screen, the light of Lucifer, as they say, <laughs> they just give it all away so quickly. Because it's so magically enticing, isn't it? Oh, it's hypnotic. Oh, wow. I should mention, too, before I get going here, and before I even mention the mention, <laughs> I've actually stopped this talk five times already for trains, and then resumed them again. Uh, I had, I had, I think I had um, four or five trains in the first 19 minutes. These are these aren't little trains. These are miles long, some of them. They're going at one heck of a pace as well. Because they're stocking up for the big long haul in their big bases. Huh? It's been busy, so busily building and, and deepening and extending for the last 10, 15, actually 20-odd years now. Yeah. I remember giving talks about this years ago. Because I knew some of the bases, and I actually see them expanding. And I talked to people who worked in them, plumbers and electricians, and, and some of them, not too far from me actually, were were um, about five five floors, you might call it, floors deep. Way underground. Yeah. And they're not little places. These are huge places, by the way, for the ones who are going to get into them. <laughs> That's another thing, anyway. So the thing is, I want to mention too, Remember, you can go to cutting3matrix.com. 
make a list of my sites. These are my official sites. Because occasionally something will happen to one or the other and you, you want to make sure you get my talks. I always try to get them up on Sunday night if possible. Before midnight, say. With incredibly low speed, they always hammer me at the weekends because they know I'm uploading it then, I guess. There's a lot of little dirty tricks going on. And today, by the way, this is satellite, right? This is satellite. Um, I use big bucks for it too. And uh, I, I, I was timing out just downloading the mail. That's how, that's, of course, you, if you waste your time phoning them up, they'll, they'll try this and try that as they play with you. But this is what happens when they've all been given the nod to interfere with, with the nuisances. Eh? Guys like me are putting out this kind of information because they're getting to the next step. Shortly, they'll be arresting people. If you, once they have this, this lockdown, this has to be stiffer than it was in, in the spring. They've already said that. Nothing to do with reality. Uh, they, they, want to com- they want compliance. But uh, they're going to go in and go after people who are speaking out and contradicting uh, the, their official data with uh, factual data. And so they're not going to allow the factual data out there. And that goes from doctors and first responders, as they say now, people who, who are actually working in the hospitals or anybody else in, in, in the profession, because it's a bigger agenda than the COVID is the excuse to get you into a new system, including curfews. This is what tyrants have done down through the ages. They always restrict your travel. And bring in curfews. And I'll put up the articles tonight. That that's what they're bringing into Britain. I think they've got 10 p.m. curfew starting, I think, t- tonight or today, or wherever it happens to be. But anyway, people have to realize that, that the systems of tyranny can, can dissolve very quickly if just uh, most of the folk say no, that's it. No more compliance. It's very quick to give up. There's no point trying to enforce and enforce more and more tyranny if the, the vast amount of the general public are ignoring them. They can't arrest everybody. <laughs> can't be done. And if they can't get a good chunk of the population to go along with every con that they come up with, the game is over anyway. They know this. This is, this is taught in, in management, herd management, as I call it, yeah. It's taught. And they would just give up. There is one morning they get up and have to start disbanding themselves if everybody's ignoring them. That's what happens. And the U.S. is definitely a big target because it, it it's... In the U.S., forget Trump. Forget Trump. The fact is there's a lot of people still in America, in the U.S., uh, that don't want this 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 socialistic type um, international communistic system that they want to bring in on the low level. That's that's the excuse they're giving us to be for everybody to be equal. Oh, you, that's what they said at the World Economic Forum, where you have multi billionaires there. Remember, behind every great fortune, there's a great crime. So these characters at the top are, 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 didn't get rich by uh, being nice to people. And they never will be. They're psychopaths. So you can believe all the guff they come out with, like equality. Good for you. Uh, dream on. You know? 
but that that's the system you're in right now. And as I say, um, send me a few bucks, cutting through matrix.com or buy the books and discs if you want to. But straight donations are welcome. PayPal, cash, checks. Uh, you can do money orders and money gram. Yeah. That kind of thing will help me take along here as we go through the heart of it. Because really, it's getting to the stage very quickly where you won't be able to even hear. The internet was never honest to begin with. It was set up to do exactly what it's doing now. And when I tell you how many... Uh, don't forget the star-making machinery. If they want to make someone a star, they'll say, oh, millions of hits. See, it's got nothing to do with reality. But they know the human nature. And they'll say, well, if, if so-and-so and so-and-so um, is getting popular, uh, let's just say that they don't get many hits at all. And so they've, they've been fudging the numbers for the, for the last 20 years. They have, yeah. And suddenly they can make stars of somebody overnight if they want to. And they do that kind of thing. There's nothing honest about the internet. Don't forget that, that DARPA, I mean, ARPA, for the military and DARPA, they run the whole darn thing. They started the whole thing. And it's, it's just a, a complete massive asset of the, the world controllers. CIA, NSA, MI6, GCHQ, and a huge bunch of organizations in Israel too, because all the intelligence agencies are, are completely run on one system now, and including the WEF, World Economic Forum, that's a big front organization itself too. I think some guy just started that himself to help, to help what, improve trade or something. Now he's dictating to nations. Well, do you vote for the WEF? Do you vote for the World Health Organization? No, you don't get to vote for any of them. Never mind the fact it's been admitted that a massive chunk of the World Health Organization's money comes from Bill Gates' foundation. He owns it. You can't make this stuff up, but it's admitted to. They can't, they'll try and hide it as soon as it's published, but it's still there. The information's still there. You see, really, it's not a huge clique that runs the world. Not really. They have lots of front people that are well paid to be fronts. It's a small clique, really, that runs the world. But if you were writing a, a, a fiction book with a plot in it, and you had the gangsterisms, and the gangster characters, and if they put in a guy like Fauci, for instance, as an example, He's got his finger in, in so many pies, not just the, the big lab at Maryland and so on, and the, and, and the, the saying what goes on there. And, and uh, in lab, laboratories, there are two, three, and four level labs with highly classified experimentation of gain and function. His fingers know of that. He's got patents on certain things, and joint patents too. He's got his fingers in, in vaccine companies. The CDC, I've heard it called, actually, like a, it's a vaccine company, that's what they say, the CDC. But he's got his fingers in that, he's got his fingers in so many pies. And, and he's, he's pally with Bill Gates, the mastermind here, it would seem to be, he's a big financier of so much of what's going on. 
and I, and the man is no genius. Bill Gates, he's he's, he's a businessman. Carrying on his daddy's idea of eugenics, you know, he wants to help society but reduce the population at the same time, from his own words. But here they are in bed together to have the whole world vaccinated with the vaccine companies which they promote and are connected. If you had that in a, in a, in a you'd expect them all to be tried at the end, wouldn't you? By the highest courts on the planet. But you're living through it and it's not happening. They're still on TV every day, waving their hands about and telling you what you've got, you're going to have to do. <laughs> and you got all these politicians just obeying them. Don't you find that's a bit scary, that? Because there's, there's nothing really hidden here. So much of the what I just said is published about their, their collusion together. And uh, the, some of them even have patents on uh, on some of the the inserts on the coronavirus, supposedly. And that came out anyway. And I think it was the Great Game India came out with uh, that they talk about the the inserts that they have on this this virus, four of them that are related related to the AIDS virus. They said, I don't know where it's gone now. They said that couldn't happen in nature. Some of the top villagers said that it would have to be inserted by humans in a lab. Where did all that data go? But it was just another, even a softer type of virus made in a lab. Which, by the way, the World Health Organization has admitted the, 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 they've been up to for years. I did the talks years ago when they said, <laughs> they came out, they admitted that, that every year or so, they released certain types of, they called it milder flu viruses. I'm not kidding about this. Mild flu, yes, it's, it's like it's almost like a, a, a nothing type, you know. But they could track and trace it. Uh, through folk who obviously would have to go to doctors. That's the only way. How else would you track and trace this thing? And they have samples taken. They could actually tell where it came from, which was themselves, to see how it would spread in society. They actually said that. They release certain things every so often. So this COVID idea, is, well, I've no doubt at all, was probably made in the lab. It didn't suddenly come out of nowhere by itself. And luckily for us, most folk aren't sick with it. Don't even know they've had it. And they end up with antibodies against it. So that's herd immunity. If you're not people, if, if you mix freely and so on, you'll all have herd immunity. That's what's working in Sweden and other places too, is herd immunity. Top specialists have come out and talked about it. We're getting herd immunity. But regardless of that, they want this <laughs> from their event 201 and so on. They're not going to change their agenda, are they? They're not going to do it. It's a must-be for them. And it's not going to stop with this one vaccine, or even a few jabs for this one particular type of vaccine. It's they want to, to have permanent um, vaccinations and the boosters for the rest of your life, for everything. See, there's no point in them having all these products and big businesses there if they can't use them on you and have government, you know, the, the true fascist system, and have government mandate that you take it all. That's true fascism. You can't, you can't get a better, a better uh, example of fascism than that. Big business and government work together, eh? 
But as I say, it's, it's rather evident that they're following it to the letter. Fauci said that uh, you're never going to get out of your homes eventually until you get the vaccine. That's again the same mantra. When you see it across the board in different newspapers from different sources, they all came from the same source, you'll find. Because they're telling them, tell this is what to put into your articles. Make sure you say that, that, that it's inevitable you've got to get the vaccine. Inevitable to be come back to normal, etc., etc. Mantra, mantra, weapons of mass destruction. You've got to get the vaccine. You've got to get the vaccine. See, same thing, same technique. And uh, and I've pretty well said, whatever Fauci said back in the spring, I said they can take it to the bank because this is written in stone with these characters. Unless you all say, get stuffed. That's simple. And with all the, the studies in real time. Now, you do studies in real time but, but about that. How many, they know exactly how many folk uh, at any particular time, pretty accurately too, because they have all your personality profiles there and so on, but they, and, and your chit chat, etc. All the data, they know how many folk are going to go along with whatever they push out there. Instant vaccination versus not non-compliance and so on. Then the ones in the middle are not sure yet and how to get around them. It's all done with algorithms and forms of persuasion. And as always, they can use half the population to hammer and, and make other S comply as well. Remember that that old that's that saying. It was from um, the mayor of Tammany Hall in the gangs of New York when he said that uh, oh we can always use half the people to to kill the other half. You know, <laughs> if if folk were going to start rioting or whatever or wouldn't comply, we can always use half of them to kill the other half. And that's what they do. They they create sides and divisions. To get compliance, they've done it even through school. It's not awful with school children. We are supposed to go to school, and and use your. The whole idea of school was to use your mind, not to conform <laughs> into one giant mind, but to use your own mind, and to expand it, and to even teach at least logic and the ability to use your own mind and to to, to, to its maximum. All gone now, you know. It's all conformity training now. And even in school, with a group think, uh, they, 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 there's techniques to ostracize. Generally, it's boys eh, who say, I'm not going along with that now. I won't, I won't agree with that idea because they want consensus with every topic now. Everything's political and politicized and socialized. And if you don't go along with it, you'll be ostracized. You don't want to belong to the group, you know. You want the group to turn against you, you know. Because you see, peer pressure is a very, very strong thing to use. Everything's weaponized. I really think it's maybe, you know, it's pity you couldn't get another land. I used to always say this create different countries, create them, you know, and put people that are just a damn nuisance to society in different countries. Just, just put them there and make one just for psychologists and psychiatrists and put them all there. Because they're not there to help you. The top ones aren't helping you. The top ones are paid by those who rule you and own you. To make sure they can keep ruling you and owning you. That's what most of the big ones at the top are for. You could always get another one for, when you look at all these different uh, um, lawyers in the U.S., wanting to change the Constitution and change this and change that. 
and 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 the high court just put all them to a different aisle, a different place as well, get in their own country and let them argue their points of law to each other and leave everybody else alone. Hmm? It's just astonishing what's going on. Astonishing times, really. But what is good too is you see uh, the, the 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 blanket being raised a little bit on the bed of peace and society. I think, well, you know, this is what I believe the U.S. is. This is what I believe America is. And folk can live their whole life through it, ups and downs and all the rest of it. But that's still what they think. But it's until you see it getting turned up at the edges like you're seeing right now, with literally communism being preached from the top inside American politicians and the Congress. and such. It's, it's, It's communism, folks. The abolition of the nation state, the abolition of borders, Karl Marx, and it's also the CFR because that's what they were for two years ago. They'd worked towards the abolition of it. It's just one system, folks. But you, you see, up goes the blanket, and you say, "My God, I didn't realize that was all underneath it." You know, why? Why are these characters that want to abolish the nation state taking massive paychecks? from the taxpayers, most of whom don't want to abolish the nation-state. But who does want to, to have the nation-state abolished? Well, we know who they are. And you've got lots of them at the World Economic Forum, the front people who work on behalf of the real masters above them. We know this. Yep. Quite amazing, isn't it? What we're living through right now, and folk don't quite get it. But you're, what, you're hearing things come out of the mouths of politicians or anything but statesmen like uh, the, the abolitionist and abolition of that. And communism? Communism? You want communism? Russia eventually gave up with communism. When utopia did not arrive, you know. They want communism. That's because you see that China was meant to take over from America as the policeman of the world for a while. Did articles in their foreign policy magazine, Foreign Affairs magazine, CFR, years ago, that it was time for China to take more more responsibility and and policing the world, you know. Well, they've they've taken a bit in that different parts of Africa, you've noticed, eh? No one's complaining about that, by the way. But, uh, again, facts don't matter. But also they want to, they want China to, to take over to an extent and, and share the burden with the U.S. and eventually take over from the U.S. because the U.S. is supposed to become exhausted paying for all. And it's getting, it's pretty well past that now with trillions in debt. Multiple trillions in debt. The COVID really is going to put the kibosh on it all together. It's intended to. Although the money is a joke to start with, we know that too. There's special, you know, magicians that deal with uh, the creation of money these days. Small club, of course, of magicians. But that's what you're living under. Uh, amazing times, eh? Amazing times. Where you're watching horror, terror, fear, and the threat you know, they always use coercion 
to get to comply with their laws and all the rest of it, to make you comply with their new rules and regulations and lockdowns and and no travel and you can't see people and you can't yada yada and curfews. Curfews? Curfew? Why? Why you get a curfew? Or to stop the corona or to stop the coronavirus, say. Eh? Well we're not all dying of coronavirus. Very few folk are, really. And even the folk they've admitted that they put down died off it, didn't die off it most of them, they died of something else. And like everybody else out there, they've got fragments of, of coronaviruses, fragments, dead fragments, because they're very common. And they're swab tests, yeah. very common. There's a whole range of these different coronaviruses. That, and you're going to find so many of them dead in your lungs at any time throughout the year, even before this, this particular COVID one came along or was released or whatever it came from. But the fact is, no, it's, it's not doing the damage they claim. It's going to do reality. Can you, can you believe that? Curfews. Curfews. Hey. There's even articles where the children in school are not allowed to sing happy birthday because it might spread the virus if they sing it out. Well, you see, they're training those children not to do anything natural, you see, because their, their generation is not going to do anything natural for their entire life, according to the, the fourth uh, industrial revolution <laughs> from the WEF. You'll never trust your logic. You'll wait to see the rules and regulations for everything that, that's going to happen to you down through your entire life. Because you can't trust yourself with your thoughts and your decisions. And that's the point of all. Nothing. You must eradicate rationality. First point of point. Eradicate rationality. Land of the Blind, which is a good movie with uh, Donald Sutherland in it, is a good portrayal of psychopaths and how they, they rule society. But also you have the characters who surround the, the, the king psychopath or the prince psychopath. And uh, they're, they're much the same themselves, but they have to obey the higher psychopath. And they're well rewarded for doing it. And they'll do anything that they're told and, and give any order that they're told to, to give out. And uh, that's how systems really are. You find that in, all, in democratic systems or republican systems. That the coterie around the top poncho are generally psychopathic in nature, or they wouldn't be there in the first place. You see, they're well vetted. And of course, the state and and, and every other country, you, you do have a dark, a dark state beneath it all too, a dark system sitting there um, running the show. But there's no doubt about it. So the, you have psychopaths are everywhere, unfortunately, um, to our detriment and. Uh, it's it's probably always really been like that to some extent or another. So anyway, we're going through this awful change, but but again, look at that movie about Donald Sutherland, and you'll you'll see that um, how a psychopath operates and how those around the top psychopaths operate to enforce the rules that the top one wants and. And you also see how logic is destroyed under tyranny 
uh, especially with prisoners, were the first... See, what you have to realize is what's happening now is a prison system. The lockdowns are prison systems. Uh, curfews, prison systems, same kind of thing again, like a prison camp. And uh, what you can see, what you can't see, it's all across the internet as well. It's all part of the whole idea of tyranny in a prison when you're conquered, or a country there when you're conquered. Same kind of thing too. Uh, there's, when people are so terrified of what you might say, you're, then whatever you want to say probably is going to touch on some truth. Maybe an awful lot of truth, and that's the reasons that you can't say anything. That's, that's part of it. That's why you cannot have any f- uh, lack of freedom of speech. It doesn't matter what's nasty, what isn't nasty. Uh, people can be awfully nasty, and that's part of human nature at times too. But the fact is, you cannot have safety when you can't have no freedom of speech. There's always terror lurking along the way. So again, back to that movie. And uh, you, you find in the movie, the main character is Donald Sutherland. He's in prison, but he befriends a, a prison guard who knows the system is wrong. And, the, and this, this young prince is really a little psychopath and nasty. And, and, and it's maybe a good idea if they topple him. So they topple him and put uh, Sutherland in place. And he comes in with his system, which is just maybe even worse than the previous one. It's hard to tell. But he's also obviously a psychopath who knows how to manipulate people, wants to manipulate them. And first thing he does to, to show his power is to change all rationality. The children must wear the school ties backwards in the back of their, you know, in the back of their neck or whatever. Things like that. And this, this is how they do things. And um, if you're in a prison, they must break your will by changing rationality again. Uh, isn't this a matter of being a loudmouth? That's what you get called if you scream back at the guards. You're a loudmouth and a nuisance. And uh, so they'll teach you a lesson. They'll teach you um, that, that, that what they tell you is right, will be right. It doesn't matter if they make you eat, you know what. Uh, and you'll have to comply and, and agree that that is the best thing you've ever eaten. But in the movie, they had um, that was was better than a... Uh, a, a nice juicy steak and it was a, a good stale piece of bread that's how you had to reply or else you were put back in solitary confinement until your spirit was broken and so on so logic has to be destroyed again in this this totalitarian tyranny children can't sing happy birthday um, they've already <laughs> closed down churches so they can't sing hymns you know which again is part of their mandate, no doubt about it, because that's been an awful enemy, especially uh, in, in the U.S., an enemy of, of those that want uh, an atheistic world for them to control. And you do have rulers and controllers, believe me, and those at the very top do have their own religion, but they want to eradicate yours. Huh? Don't forget, even secular humanism is a religion, it's a belief system. And there's ones above that, obviously. Even some people who believe they have the right to rule, that's another religion itself, just to have believing that, hmm? etc. So anyway, you, you, you can't have a, free, a loss of freedom of speech. You've got to have it. You can't have people getting locked down in curfews. That's what you use during wartime. But again, that's what they said they would use, psychological warfare. They, they said they would use that technique of warfare, uh, 
which works under warfare compliance. Eh? And you've got to be in curfew at night in case bombers come overhead. Well, there's no bombers coming overhead at the moment. Uh, and since uh, COVID would spread just the same during the days of the nights, what's your problem? It's nonsensical, it's not meant to be logical It's getting behaviour change And compliance and behaviour change That's what it's about Don't think, you're too dumb to understand these things Just comply, leave it to the experts And then they'll come along with new regulations Every week you see new keep adding to them Until you'll be unable, you'll be a quivering wreck You can't, you can't come to any conclusion on your own Because you know you're going to be wrong because the experts always give you orders that you'd never have dreamed up in your lifetime if left to yourself. <laughs> so that's how you do it. It's mind control. Massive uh, campaign on mind control. And they hope to eventually, down 20 years down the road, have a generation raised who literally will go into paroxysms of anger and rage if they hear someone in school singing happy birthday. They'll turn on them and probably rip them to pieces as a major threat to society. You know? That's where we're going with all this stuff. Nothing to do with, as I say, logic, reality. It's a huge campaign for a complete change and where you'll be bought and sold in this new system. I don't really mean that because you are a commodity. Do you understand how they work it out at the top to do with corporations? And don't forget what Rockefeller said too when he, it comes back to corporations and, and banks and so on. And, and Rockefeller himself belonged to the same organization that ruled the British Empire, you know. They didn't believe in competition. He says competition's a sin. He was not making a joke. They believe that the right to take over the world's resources run society properly by experts themselves, naturally, and profit from it. And, and that, that's a natural way. They had no problem tell, believing in that. They were quite open about it. And so you're, you're in that kind of system with the globalists of today. But Rockefeller also thanked, remember, at one of his top meetings, the media. Uh, openly, and he, 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 he praised them at the end of one of his big talks and so on. And he says, he, 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 I thank the media for going along with it and not disclosing to the general public the intentions of our meetings, etc., etc. And he thanked them profusely. He says, we could never have got this far without you basically complying and not telling the public what, we're, what our plans are. Huh? It's far better, he says, that they're leaving the future to the, to the machinations of just the ordinary people and so on to direct the course of the plan. It's much better if we do it through ourselves and banks, he says, the banking institutions, that we run the world and plan the future. That's what he said. Well, that's the WF is the same thing, same organization, folks, run by the same folks. And uh, they have a plan for the future, and they're going to make, they're going to train the product, like Bernays said. Don't change the product to, to, to improve it to suit the public. Alter the public to suit your product, and that's exactly what they're doing with all of this COVID idea, behavior modification, par excellence, with the massive campaigns through education at school, 
through the internet, uh, through, through every possible means possible, electronics, behavior modification, behavior change, and of course your social credit score is all part of the of this fourth industrial revolution to make sure you all comply or else you'll be locked out from even getting enough cash to feed yourself. But but you are the products in this new system. You're at least one, one whole segment of the products, put that way. You're a consumer of products, their products. And, don't, and so if you have a corporation at the top that makes whatever it happens to be, they, they work it out to see how many folk that the constant data, constant data, keep telling that data is everything. And constant data on segments of society that will use their product, etc. Yeah? And how to get more folk to use their products and all the rest of it, etc. So, so they're divvying up the world into segments uh, to, to make sure their products are sold to you by mandate. Huh? And you're going to have to buy... What's the greatest products to do that doesn't cost them pretty well anything to make? It's called apps. A few years ago, I did talks on how the disposable income was going to be pushed over real material goods and the app industry was part of it. And sure enough, these, these, these intangible nothing, nothingness apps uh, are costing them money. And people are buying them and buying them. And they're going to make sure that you need more of them to go along even with a COVID idea. Uh, to do with, well, you know, if I pay extra, I, I could get a better app and it might give me more, be more accurate and I won't get locked down with all these people or I might, I might not say that I was near that person that maybe was infected, you know. So I don't have to go quarantine if I pay more extra for the, the, for this more accurate app, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. You see the cons already. Yeah. And it's going to go on and on and on and on as they go through uh, the whole agenda here. But the more, t- the more that you accept, just like the stale piece of bread is better than a nice juicy steak, uh, uh, you're going to get, you get lost in it. And the more you comply, the more your mind is going to get lost in it. And the more you see other people doing the same kind of things as you, the more society is going to get lost in it. Because it's not based on rational and logic. It's based on pure behaviorist training. That's what it is. And you're coerced into a route. Well, if I go on that route, you see it will be easier on me. And, and so you go along that route, you see it like a big, a big road, and you're all on the same road, going the same direction, saying it's going to be easier if we comply along this. But eventually get to a stage where you've got to do extra to, to get past. You jump certain hoops and so on and do more, and that's what you end up doing. There's no easy way out of this, you see. They're not giving you a way out. They're manipulating you like children, very, very small children. The COVID idea was dreamed up at least, you know, at 2010. <laughs> The whole lockstep idea, Rockefeller's again foundation, Johns Hopkins University, working with Bill Gates Foundation, yeah, Event 201, all done beforehand, you see. And they, they literally had it all worked out while telling the public they can't ever get out again to do anything unless they have a passport, like a immunization passport, electronic, the right apps and all the rest of it. It's all done, folks. The corporations that were going to get the money, and eventually did get the money when it broke out for, for the COVID, it was all decided before the, you heard of COVID, who was going to get what. <laughs> 
They were already working on all these things. Because you see, that's the new industry. And then they make sure that you must buy their products and you must use their products. See? Must do it. And there's never been such incredible, easy profits already from not just the vaccine companies. They don't have to even come up with any viable vaccine, by the way. (laughs) Any of them. They don't have to. And and they're getting millions and billions thrown at them across the planet here. And all other organizations getting money thrown at them like you wouldn't believe. I've got government articles from, from magazines that cater to civil servants talking about the money they're raking in, <laughs> promoting different things to make it more easy to manage the COVID, you know, manage the herd. Because all the money comes from us. And if we don't have the, you know, the labor to, to work for the money at the moment, they, you have to borrow it in the meantime to pay for things and so on. But regardless, everything comes from the labor of you. One way, you only work it off one way or another. Eh? What an amazing system, really, when you just stand back and look at it. Hmm? And where do you think the money, where do you think governments are getting money right now? There's not, you couldn't even, even if they printed the money, you couldn't, they don't have enough trees to plant for the trillions and trillions of bucks right now. It's all a magic act run by the sharpest corn men on the planet. The ones who are given the right to, you know, manage the money. It's all so highly, hush-hush, secretive, because you wouldn't understand it. You're too simple. That's what they tell you, you know. Your, 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 your arithmetic is different from their arithmetic, yeah. yeah. They've, they've got very creative accounting. And we accept that as normal, too. Do you realize that you're now in real, I'm talking about maybe hundreds, a hundred generations, maybe 200 generations, perpetual slavery to pay off was being borrowed already from the, from the con men. They really give nothing to governments. They, they, they just punch in blips in your, your computer machine, <laughs> your central bank. You, okay, we just put the money in there for you. you know? That's it. Can we see it? Well, there you are, on the screen there. There you are. You borrowed that. Well, but borrowed all that money. So how many trillions is that? Can I see it in tangible? No, that's it. There we put it into your screen there. That's, that's it. And that's it. Buy, buy nothing. Yeah? Except the government's assurance they'll keep the focus slaves to pay it off. Mm-hmm. With the 5G which they've been unrolling, by the way, you know, and quietly working and out the bugs in it and, and testing it every, across the whole North America and cities and so on. And they've been monitoring people and following them and working out everything you're up to. You know. this, is, this is like perpetual for the rest of your life, including where you will be allowed to go and not go, by the way. If you take any of these ridiculous things with you, then they're going to know immediately that you're outside your little quadrant area, hmm? your lockdown area, and they'll know immediately, and they'll come and get you or pull you in. Hmm? 
It's all tested out. There's nothing that that's happening here that China hasn't tested already. By the way, you know they're all worked together. There's, there's, don't think for a second they're all enemies. It's a joke. China was in on this big joke to start with. They're on their feet again, aren't they? How come they're on their feet, but we're all locked down? But logic doesn't apply, for goodness sake, eh? Hmm? <laughs> so China has to supply the world with all of his goods because the West and all your politicians and your high courts gave them all the businesses and through the free trade agreements that they drafted up for them. And we financed them to get up to this stage of power. Because they're supposed to take over, you see. That's what your masters decided a long time ago. But yeah, they're on their feet again and uh, uh, producing and people are working. and yep. But you're all to get locked down maybe for another year, maybe up to five years. Can you starting to get the picture here. Compliance uh, is just going to make it worse. And the whole thing, as I say, would, would the magic disappear if enough folk just, that's it, you know, that's it. So, it would be so sudden, too, by the way, that we would just have to give up. But then you'd have to go, and then, by the way, I've said it before, too, they're more vicious, you see, the characters at the top, when they can't get their way, because they know that if they did give up, Unthinkable, eh? which won't happen. They're not going to give up. But if they if they did have to give up, they know the next step is that the public would demand, figuratively speaking, their heads, all those involved in causing this in the first place and, and crashing the economies, putting putting everybody into the, the most debt the planet's ever seen. Never mind the folk who have died because of the reaction to this COVID idea. Oh, stay at home if you've got a heart attack. Don't come into the hospital. Just die quietly. Or the elderly getting these, these stupid ventilators rammed down their tracheas. Huh? And that's the treatment for it. Well, all the other things would have pulled them out. Just forget that. And, and then they bring in all their bioethicists. And, oh, well, just, you know, they're old anyway, for goodness sake. You should die quietly like we've been trying to tell you for years. We could use that money on other things, like paychecks for ourselves and stuff like that, you know. The system is so corrupt. It's so corrupt. And it's loose humanity, the natural humanity that folk had towards each other. As you lose that, as you go into a more materialistic society, you've been given a psychopathic materialist culture, by the way. You've all emulated it. That's all you've been fed for years. Until you, you lose your natural humanity, then you're done for. Remember reading the, the articles years and years ago by the, the psychologists and psychiatrists who worked in the Soviet bloc countries that quietly did a survey, very quietly, because it's a dangerous thing to do. But they noticed that the, the, the traits that leaders in the West had were, the, were similar to the traits that the leaders in the East had, the Soviet bloc countries, meaning psychopathic. But they also realized that even the civil servants, the higher civil servants, also had psychopathic qualities too, just like they were. They're, they're looking at the similarities of governance, regardless of what they call the system. And they found it was pretty much the same. And they worked out the psychopathic traits, which were obvious, and so on. And all the countries, it's always exactly the same. But they also mentioned 
that psychopaths will give you their culture. And since they are materialistic, very hyper-materialistic, then eventually they would give you their culture and you would adopt it and, and you would lose your humanity along the way. You wouldn't become totally psychopathic, but you would, you would, you would start to adopt a lot of the tendencies and traits of the psychopath along the way. And that's where we are. And because of it, you see, we've lost our natural number one instinct to be free. And, and, and along with that instinct to be free comes your natural decision to help others. That's your, your, your humanity, natural humanity. Whereas the socialist, or socialistic governments, which is just a front, socialism's a front for, for technocracy, expert rule, you see. That's all it is, under the guise of equality. Uh, they, they just take all the pennies off you. And then they decide, they'll take all the... Yeah, it, it usually only costs... Uh, you know, so much, so much, so much money to feed a person for a day. But when government does it, we do it better. Now, that's why it costs a few thousand bucks per person you know, <laughs> per day. <laughs> you see, the scam, everything. They're, they're the crooks. That's a psychopathic system that we live in. But they're dangerous when they're when they're cornered. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, very dangerous because they got so much to lose because of this incredible hoax that we've been pushed through. And the damage, I mean, crashing the world's economy, was. this is planned. Let's crash the world's economy to bring in a new system of utter dependency for most folk. Hmm? You get in the picture here, that the scale of this hoax has happened here. And, and it's the only psychopaths would dream this up and implement it. And it's only psychopaths that wouldn't force it, you see. When I see that, that little Fauci's face there, uh, never mind all the doctors who've lost their jobs and so on, come out and say, this is a complete farce. Makes no difference, you see, to this little character. Because he's got so much to lose, he's got more to lose than you can imagine by the way, but don't be just COVID either, there's other things on him. Because they're all compromised in different ways, these characters, so. That's when they're dangerous because they are psychopaths and they will will do drastic things to save their own skins. Absolutely. I remember watching a documentary of the American nuclear submarines in the Holy Loch. I think it was in Scotland. They had them there and had a couple of places actually. But the um, that's it was a big submarine base for during the Cold War. And a camera team were allowed on. I don't know if it was BBC or whoever it was, maybe ITV. But they, they were allowed into the base, and the commanding officer gave them a tour of some parts of the base and so on. And they were allowed to ask questions about certain things, and they were shown around a couple of the submarines. And you've probably seen it in the movies since then, they, they, where there's generally two guys per shift who are assigned in the crew of a submarine, they're given keys. If anything happens, they get the key out, and they've got the codes there. They must punch them in to insert the keys, and they must turn the key, go through the different fail-safe levels and stages, and then when it's time to fire, uh, they both must do it in unison. They turn their key. And uh, the people who were interviewing them asked their relevant question, like, like, 
how, how you knowing what's going to happen when those t- keys are turned, which is going to be retaliation anyway. You know, if you're a first strike or whatever, but even during a war, uh, regardless of who's firing at whom, the thoughts of of the incredible destruction you would cause on civilian populations in any country. Are you sure they're going to do what they're told and, and continue with it? By the way, if one fails, then one's supposed to shoot them, you know. They're, they're actually armed, those guys. But this is a, but a very little chance. They'll, they'll, they'll do what they're told. They'll, they'll follow orders to the letter because they're given the test. It's a psychopathic test to see Then they are. They're psychopaths. That's who they hire to turn the keys. Because eh? they, they have no problems about doing what they're told. They're well paid to do it. They don't think too far in the future that way. And they don't feel guilt at doing anything to anybody else. Yeah. So that's why they picked them on purpose. They, were, they, get, they put them through the psychopathic examinations to make sure that they were, and they would follow orders. That's how they, they did it. Yeah. And I'm sure Russia was the same, you know. And China and everybody else is involved these days, but that's how you do it. So you see that your governments employ psychopaths as well. As having psychopaths at the top running the people, they employ psychopaths to do that kind of stuff uh, to to general populations, and the traits are unmistakable of them really. When you get to when you really study them, when you look at the the British system during World War Two to do with the Air Force and Dowding, the, the guy who was in charge of the Air Force. Um, because Britain did uh, start bombing parts of Germany, uh, civilian areas, before Germans ever did. And um, Dowding, and it was terrible, uh, the mass firebombs they did in some cities burned everybody at Chris pretty well in Germany. Only psychopaths could decide to do that, you know, and rationalize it. Well, you know, it brings the war to an end quicker. And same thing was done with the atomic bomb, of course, on Japan. Well, it brought the war to an end quicker, and, and so on. When you have societies run by psychopaths, though, it, it certainly is not uh, a giant leap to imagine them using the same psychopaths, psychopathic types in biowarfare as an example, or bioengineering to cause sterilization amongst the population. Because that's what they've been talking about, that's what Bill Gates talks about. When it wants to help the people and reduce the population at the same time. Folk can't quite get a hold of it. What do you mean, and reduce it? Well, it's going to sterilize you, obviously. That's what he's talking about. And they've had so many lawsuits against them already, the foundation for certain vaccines they put out already. So, yes, you have psychopaths, and they, they are employed to take to keep, take care of problems, and they have no problem implementing terrible things to, to the general population. You also had that in the movie Twelve Monkeys, an, idea, an example of the psychopaths who are involved. And again, it was interesting, Twelve Monkeys, because the guy at the very, very end who goes into the airport, he's, he's got vials and vials, the particular viruses which his lab had been working on. And it was a legitimate laboratory that worked for the government and well-recognized in its field. 
And he, but this guy himself wanted, he just decided that society and humanity was, wasn't worth saving. He just wanted to kill him. So he had decided to kill him by stealing the stuff out of the lab and then going around the world to different countries in a, a quick tour, dropping off vials along the way, opening vials up. Psychopath, you see. And he'd rationalize what he was doing in some way, you know. But also you had the guy who owned the, the, the bio lab, very wealthy guy, and involved in politics and all the rest of it, but very wealthy. They knew darn well what his lab was up to and the things they were working on, why they were working on. Because all these labs are dual purpose, regardless of them saying it's to you, well, it's gain of functions that we we're doing in case it ever evolved this way in nature, like billions to one in this particular direction, that we're ready for it. No, these, these are bioweapons or dash biolab, depending on dual function at the time, what it's getting used for. And there's lots of, of crazy folk, uh, psychopathic types go into that field to start with anyway. They, who know what it's about? Of course they know what it's about. If something, if, if the chances of a particular virus mutating along particular lines of, of pure lethality to the general population, if, if, it, if the chances of it going along the path is being altered by humans with gain-of-function techniques in laboratories are, are millions, maybe even billions to one, why do you think they're really doing it? Because it's not going to evolve that way by itself, but it's going to be it's going to, it's going to be pushed to change into a, an incredibly lethal virus. That isn't just out of general interest, folks. You do have psychopaths running you. Of course you do. You listened. You've seen the the, the, the meeting, the Bill Gates and and, and the bunch, uh, Oprah and the rest of them. Uh, they were nicknamed the Lucky Gene Club for uh, for a while who were getting together talking about depopulation and there's too many people. And, yeah. Well, how come they're the ones who decide that they're going to live, but other folk will have to get, get sterilized or die? huh? And now you see, here's another big part of this, this uh, great reset yeah? and the fourth industrial revolution. There's be whole swaths of the population are to live in poverty. That is the agenda, folks. They, they don't need them anymore. They don't need the labor anymore. You see, they've already said this. So their their own philanthropies, these charitable institutions like the Gates Foundation and all the other ones in Bloomberg, right? They'll take care of the poor. Huh? They'll take care of the poor. There's two ways you can actually get a meaning from that, because you see. This is an agenda for depopulation. I gave these talks many years ago, and I says, yeah, they're getting to the stage where they've decided they don't need you anymore. I said, do you think they're going to keep you around as pets or something? No, they're not going to. They don't need you. They don't want you. They don't like you being around when you don't have a prime function to serve them. They don't need you. You're... You're eating their resources, their resources for their offspring down through the future. And they have no problem saying it because you see, they're psychopaths. 
But yeah, this, this great reset, so all these, this, all the philanthropies come out on their own now, you see, and you'll all be depending on them to feed you and take care of you. And, and if they decide eventually that they can't do it, well, it's sad, but that's the way it'll have to be. So there you'll have it. You'll have to rely on these big philanthropies, these wonderful people that, that just, you know, it goes with earning lots of money. They just want to suddenly help you, you know, and, and so on. And here's what Plato said, eh? See, there's nothing new under the sun, really. The technique, you know, the, the systems of technology are perhaps, they're, they're, but the same thing is getting delivered. This is what Plato said. It says, this and no other is the root from which a tyrant springs when he first appears as protector. Right? We're going to help you. Right? We're here to protect you. That's your tyrant. And I always think of Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And Solzhenitsyn said, um, when you think about all these, these riots in the streets, they're all managed by, and you've got politicians backing it. For your politicians in America backing it. It tells you all you need to know. Never mind the fact even the Antifa group has, has even come out proudly and admitted their, who, who <laughs> created them back in the 30s and what they belonged to. And, and it's been in the media recently, in fact, just to, uh, proclaiming their origin and who still runs them, in fact. But it says here, from Solzhenitsyn, he says, and he, he certainly suffered, believe you me, Solzhenitsyn, by the Antifa types uh, that were pushing in his country and they took over long ago. He says, anyone who has proclaimed violence as his method inexorably must choose lying as his principles. So whatever they tell you as far as is always a lie, you see. And he should certainly know. Been put up in the the gulags. He, in some ways, he was lucky that he survived compared to most folk who didn't, actually. And uh, it's a horror show. The whole Soviet system was a horror show. So anyone who, who proclaims it, how wonderful it was, uh, you should be really, really scared of, uh, or definitely wary of, very wary of, you know. I remember looking at a documentary a while ago, and there was some... An old, it must have been done in the, I don't know when it was done, but it was a, an old fella who was a train driver who talked about uh, taking the different uh, prisoners daily back, you know, to, to these different camps for his, his whole working life. And he says there was thousands of these camps right up the lines, all the way up through Siberia, thousands of them. And they, they went through the people so quickly on different projects and the terrible conditions that they were dying like flies. He just kept filling them up. And that's the kind of place that souls and eats ended up in. So you should be awfully, awfully, awfully wary of the present time, by the way, of what's going on, because the Soviet system is not what they tell, they tell you it was. And there definitely was a, a ruling class in, in Russia uh, the, again is rather open about who's ruling Russia some of them this stuff is coming out astonishing from their own sources but uh, yeah horror is on its way there's no doubt about it uh, 
and again, we'll get a sanitary horror, you see, more sanitary, more humane to, to, to let the people just go sterile and die off with a little bit of nudging and helping, maybe through malnutrition or something, you see. H.G. Wells said it too in A Modern Utopia and, and other writings he went into, but he says that we used to think that, that uh, we'd have to physically sterilize the people, I mean physically kill them. The, the people we didn't need. You can remember, they really mean that. They don't need you. Socialism is not what you think it is. <laughs> Never was. It's an elite organization. And if they don't need you, then they, they don't want you around. You're another mouth to feed. Why would they feed you? If they're no function, you have no function for them. No, nothing you serve. You see, they don't need you. And it says, but it says, we, we, we found it more humane. In, in this kind of fictitious journey of the future he was bringing, more humane, he says, to sterilize them and let those ones just die off. This is a, that was, that they're all gone, you see, and only the important folk, the necessary ones were left. And what's happening today is an old idea. It's, it's not new at all. Believe you me. Now, I'd like to mention, too, that I've advised folk to at least try and have a few people they can They'll help each other out when times get really bad, very shortly, by the way. Because you're, you're going to have to. And you must rely on each other, so you have to really trust each other. A weak link in the chain can be disastrous for everybody involved. Because folk will crack when pressure is applied, even psychological pressure from a distance. Some folk will tend to crack and, and comply and shop the rest of them, but the fact is you're going to have to depend on each other. You've already had the governments and the states, I call it governments because it seems like you don't know which government they're talking about sometimes. There's like a variety of them, according to even their own legislators. <laughs> they're all arguing about what it is to be American. But you're going to have to uh, forget politics, forget your politicians. That's going to happen regardless, it's planned that way. Regardless of the election, who wins or loses, it makes no difference. You've already had Pelosi and other ones and Harris come out and say this is going to continue, including the riots in the streets and so on. Regardless of who wins and loses in politics, the the burnings, cities and all the rest of it, or at least the appearance of them, is to continue. It's a planned takedown, you see, gradual. It's a planned shock and awe idea upon the general population. And uh, as to bring in a whole new system through the end of it, oh, look at the chaos. We can't live like this. We've got to go into a new system, maybe temporarily martial law or something. Whatever they come up with, it makes no difference. It's going to be the same anyway. you got to look after them, each other. Don't expect any president to do it for you. Um, I hope you're, you've all grown away from that idea, regardless of presidents and so on, being the answer to everything. You're always on your own. At the end of the day, you're on your own, folks. And you have need a few friends to help each other out. And switch, and you will help each other out. You know, you've got to. And not through thick and thin. That's how you get through terrible times. That's how humanity has always done it. Through terrible times. Be prepared for it, because it's coming. There's no doubt about it. They've told us it's coming. <laughs> the folk in the U.S. government have said it's coming. And um, you've watched the streets getting burned for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
in different cities and uh, and again being lauded by different politicians and mayors and in outside funding and inside funding to going to the folk that are doing it, which is just so it's all paid by government funds as well as philanthropies, as they call it. Uh, so you're you're under attack, and it's planned that way. It wouldn't have happened, and it wouldn't be allowed to happen unless it was planned that way by the, this deep state, as they like to call it now. So you've got to help each other out, take care of each other as you go through the bad times, which are definitely going to come. And then you've got that added lockdown. Unless you're Ryan saying you have a lockdown on the rest of the population, you can't go shopping or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so you've got to start helping. The ones who can travel, and different age groups do, the ones who can travel, who can go out to the stores and get food for others, have, have got to start doing it, you know. All these kind of things you got to think of, because uh, you don't want to end up in hospital with... with, uh, with uh, or you might be a COVID, I'll, I'll stick this down your trachea and uh, watch you, you know, go down the tubes. You don't want that with their bioethics squads. How old are you? Oh, just die quietly. We can help you, you know. And, uh, you know, this this is something it would be satire at one time, but you, this is what they've got now. But the front articles in the paper, or oh, the bioethics committee, who should live and who should get the medication, who shouldn't, you know, and we can't give it to everybody. Why not? Why, why couldn't they give it to everybody? If they can afford to, to give it, the U.S. can afford to give out vaccinations across the planet, huh? I'm sure they could certainly uh, spend the, uh, the cash for the treatment for its own citizens. Eh? Of course they could, but they're not going to. And the same with Canada. They've already said, too, oh, we've got sparse medications, you know. I may have to decide on who's going to live and die. Well, it's time to scrap the hospitals, folks, because you can't trust them now. That's a scary thought when, when you realize that, yeah, they, they'll, they'll automatically sit and suss you up to see if you should give you euthanasia or not. That, this is what's coming here. I hope you understand it. As I say, humanity has gone out the window. When we lose our humanity, our natural humaneness and humanity towards each other, we're finished. We're finished. This is a horror show, this, this new scientific system. Eh? It's a horror show. On behalf of those who already have decided they own the planet. And you're no use to them if you can't buy their products, which they want to mandate, because you can't afford them, or you can't work or whatever, then you're irrelevant, you're scratched off. This is this is the real sci-fi movie, you're, you're in it. The future is here. And as soon as the first bit of cold weather came in, uh, I, was, I was waiting for it, because you always end, every year, the older folk uh, get the, their viruses right off the bat, their pneumonias, and it's sitting right away, you know. As soon as the weather starts to get a bit chilly, cold, and damp, that's it. Bang, it's guaranteed every year. Everybody who works in medicine is well aware of that. But they use it for a different purpose now. It must be COVID, you know. What else could it be? <laughs> After all these centuries of studying, suddenly it must be, what else could it be? Uh, let's, let's think, what else could it be? Maybe the same as you get every year. Yeah? And that will increase too, by the way. If they can lock you down and folk can't get the proper food, nourishment, never mind the, the social interaction which they need, they're social creatures, right? Uh, they're going to get sicker and sicker with it, no doubt about it. And if folk get malnourished, oh, there could be a food shortage down the road. 
you, you, well, it's going to spike and get worse and worse and worse, isn't it? Oh, it must be COVID. <laughs> yeah. Here's Helena Handbasket, because we will end up, eh? And it says, um, health at the end of a needle. And it says, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That was Benjamin Franklin. These characters actually, and you often wonder if they actually said these things or or, or did they have, have um, help, you know. Is, is it Oppenheimer is reported to have said in the bomb, you know. Now I've become Shiva, the d- destroyer of worlds. Did they really say it? No, they didn't. Somebody, somebody said that after them. They like to get meet them some more important than they really were. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, Benjamin Franklin... Um, it's supposed to have said that essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Yeah. And it says, I feel like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz when she finds herself in a whole new world to the one she fell asleep in. The speed of the changes that Dorothy experienced from a cyclone have been matched by the speed at which society has found themselves immersed in a government-induced reality that may never recover. Mm. There you go. And these rocket speed changes are created a society on the brink of an emotional meltdown with the fever pitch of our pandemic-induced hysteria. We hurry to surrender our freedom for protection from a virus, one of the hundreds of thousands we have evolved with since the dawn of man, without having honest facts on the numbers affected, the accuracy of the test used, the risk from mass, the damage of social isolation on the elderly, the effects on domestic violence, the impacts on children living in fear of touch, or the certain increase of suicides caused by mass unemployment. If all the hype and fear-mongering by government seems vaguely familiar, that's because we have been fear-mongered to on many occasions. Remember the swine flu pandemic that never arrived? That's true, eh? Or the threatened SARS virus? Was it 2003, I think it was? Or Ebola? Or bird flu? Each was used to panic the herd into giving over more and more freedoms, in the name of security by a public relations created villain. After each supposed pandemic, it turned out that this was another drive by Big Pharma to push untested vaccines that made them rich while hiding behind industry-driven legislation that absolves them from prosecution over the millions of deaths and injuries caused over the years in an increasingly over-medicated society. And it's true, isn't it? Uh, I, I put the PDFs up there from the governments that have given blanket immunity to the, to the, to the everybody who's given the vaccines, even pharmacies. It doesn't matter who, the, who who's going to give it to the or the military. The blanket immunity. No matter if they kill you or paralyze you or whatever. And it says, like Dorothy, we all woke up to find that a medical coup had taken place by an unaccountable technocratic overlord, Bill Gates. I don't know who died and made him king, but why is he suddenly telling the world what to do? Did we have an election that I missed? Why are elected officials listening to rich, unaccountable, self-appointed, non-medical person on a health issue? And and it's true enough. The the real, true deep, deep state, believe you me, put Bill Gates and his ilk forward. None of these characters are what they seem to be. They're well paid to be front people, but that's what they are. The very fact that the authorities, the higher authorities, are not against them being the boss of healthcare, 
tells you they put them there. And they're allowing it to happen because they want it all to happen. This is their big agenda. Under this tyrant's leadership, the situation is heading towards microchipping. And that's true. It's like, oh, it's conspiracy. No, it's not conspiracy theory. MIT working on it, and and that was all part of the idea of using the different um, so-called fluorescent tattooing that would tell you if you had your vaccines or not. But this body metric technology forced 5G and mandatory vaccinations, all without our approval. Is this the world you want for yourself and your loved ones? Bill Gates intends to vaccinate the global population as COVID-19 and then track and monitor each one through digital surveillance. And it gives you the patents to get a better idea where the guy is heading the world. It's got the Trace Congressional Bill, T-R-A-C-E, number 6666. <laughs> and it's got the, the link to it as well from the government uh, government bill, Congress government bill. And it went through Congress, Bill 6666, text, etc. So if it's conspiracy, then it's, here it is from the government. You can look up for yourselves. I'll put the links up. And the Bill Gates patent for invasive body metric uh, technology, number 666, HTTP, patents.google.com, patents, and I got the number there too, I'll put these up. An updated Bill Gates explains that the COVID vaccine will likely use experimental technology. And this is the word, world that a, a group of cardinals, bishops, and pastors of the Catholic Church and other centuries to their appeal of the 7th of May 2020 are warning us as coming if we fail to act. What follows are excerpts from their longer, carefully worded letter to be found in full at, and it gives you the, the, the link to it. It's a long link, by the way. And it says, The facts have shown that under the pretext of the COVID-19 epidemic, the inalienable rights of citizens have in many cases been violated and their fundamental freedoms, including the exercise of freedom of worship, expression, and movement, have been disproportionately and unjustifiably restricted. Public health must not and cannot become an alibi for infringing on the rights of millions of people around the world, let alone for depriving the civic author- civil authority of its duty to act wisely for the common good. This is particularly true as growing Doubts emerge from several quarters about the actual contagiousness, danger, and resistance of the virus. Many authoritative voices in the world of science and medicine confirm that the media's alarmism about COVID-19 appears to be absolutely unjustified and does not say the truth. Eh? And it goes on and on and talk about odious technological tyranny and so on. It's quite a good article. But I'll put this one up for those who want to read it all and go through the links as well. Because it's, if it's going to be, a, oh, it's conspiracy theory, well, there's your government uh, links and the patent links and the names of the characters who own these different patents and so on. All there. But facts don't matter, eh? They don't matter. Another one, too, is eco-fascism raises the totalitarian head in the form of Green TD and Eamon Ryan when it's not asleep at the wheels, is Ireland here. And it says, when, a, when an eco-fascist talks like an eco-fascist, walks like an eco-fascist and acts like an eco-fascist, that's exactly what it is. 
with a caveat that is also seriously mentally ill, such as the case with Green eco-fascist TD and Minister Eamon Ryan, who's determined to curtail the free movement of Irish people whilst in full support of mass immigration from all regions of the world, regardless of any underlying medical issues such people may carry with them. And that's obvious too with all the socialist countries. Uh, mass migration is to continue, right? Canada's doing the same too from Nigeria, it said. And um, they've even put millions of dollars up to, to bring people in and train them into higher businesses when folk here are losing all their businesses. It's quite amazing what's going on here. But back to Ireland, and it says, um, and it gives you links as well. But it says, no doubt these migrants will be tested for COVID-19 with a PCR test that's as useful as testing a concrete block on the position of the stars and planets in their solar system. You get the same results, which is zero effectiveness. Perhaps Ryan has eco-fascist cohort which should be tested on their intelligence and qualifications as they seek to lock up perfectly healthy people in a, an, on a lie thinly disguised as COVID-19 as cases of perfectly healthy apparently Right. I mean, the more they test with these ridiculous tests, the more you're going to see are positive. Just for fragments. It's not for the disease, folks. It isn't tests for the disease. It's fragments of old dead viruses. Any any fragments at all. That's what they use to test. Eh? It's such a joke. What a scam, though. Eh? It says, since there is no effect seen of all these cases, the meaning illnesses, right? One can assume these people to be immune to a large degree, which would therefore suggest that the much-touted herd immunity has already occurred. By the way, some top scientists have been saying that for the last couple of months now. That should be obvious to anyone who could drag themselves away from the horror show called television for a day or two. There are no overwhelmed hospitals and minimal reported deaths, which must be given some very close scrutiny as to their cause, as it's already widely known that at least 94% of previous reported deaths were from other causes. And it goes on and on. We've got links here too, to different newspapers. But do you realize how many folk are paid off, bought and paid for, again, the psychopathic politicians? Eh? Hmm? And the big agendas. And it goes on about the lockdowns too for Ireland too, because this creature of eugenics has decided Irish people will no longer be allowed to travel because he says so to certain locations around the world as they might be infected with a bogus disease. Well, he and his unelected lunatic fringe, secondly, Green Party members can go wherever they want at the taxpayers' expense. And, uh, yeah, it's, well, it's all there, eh? Why are you bringing more and more migrants in when everything's closed down? You can't support yourselves. You understand? This is war upon the peoples, eh? The Western peoples. It's war upon them complete. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll put an article up, too. It's to do with uh, Great Barrington in the U.S. and how this American Institute for Economic Research is called. And it was a guy who was in the military about the 1920s, I think it was. And um, he found an institute, he founded an institute to promote individual sovereignty, limited government, 
and society based on property rights and open markets. Founded in 1933 by Edward C. Harwood, an economist and investment advisor with the intention of protecting individual rights. That's something that's got so far away from now, isn't it? And it gives the history of um, Colonel Edward C. Harwood. And believe you me, the folk who went through the military too realised that individual liberty is awfully important. Even though in the army you're trained to be one of the one of the, the, the general troops, uh, troopers, and that's about it. But uh, he learned a lesson, obviously, and realised the, the the danger of losing it all, individual rights and freedoms, during uh, what he saw happening in the communist countries, no doubt too. The Constitutional Reckoning of State Lockdown Orders. This is another one I'll put up tonight too. And it says, um, on October the 3rd, NPR reported the Michigan Supreme Court struck down Governor Gretchen Whitmer's state of emergency and the powers it granted. And NPR writes, in a 43 majority opinion, the state's high court said she did not have that authority. We conclude that the governor lacked authority to declare a state of emergency or a state of disaster under the EMA after April 30th, 2020, on the basis of COVID-19 pandemic. Furthermore, we conclude that the EPGA is in violation of the constitution of her state because it purports to delegate to the executive branch legislative powers of state government, including its plenary police powers, and to allow the exercise of such powers indefinitely, wrote Justice Stephen J. Markman on behalf of the majority. Governor Whitmer has been one of the more heavy-handed executive figures during the pandemic. One of her policies went as far as to ban the selling of gardening supplies in stores that were still permitted to stay open. More importantly, however, this court ruling was not the first of its kind, but the third in a series of legal victories against lockdown orders. The first was a Wisconsin Supreme Court ruling that declared parts of Governor Tony Evers' stay-at-home order unconstitutional, and the second was by a federal court that struck down Governor Tom Wilson's policies in Pennsylvania. It goes on to other ones to Michigan and so on. It's quite a good article. The case of Wisconsin was in there too. Pennsylvania. So I'll put it up to you. You understand that your laws are being run over under the guise of saving you all once again, you know. That's tyranny, you see. We're here to save you. Another one, to another article here is uh, The Pandemic That Killed Debate, it's called. And it says, Carl Sagan famously said, the cure for a fallacious argument is a better argument, not the suppression of ideas. This wisdom has been sadly forsaken during the COVID-19 pandemic when one powerful narrative has taken not only the public but the scientific community by storm. The story is that societies cannot survive the pandemic without society-wide lockdowns until we have a vaccine. Despite the fact that we have never had a vaccine for coronavirus, vaccines usually take many years to develop, and many of them are not all that effective. Once made, and it is penetrating, this narrative has been incredibly difficult, even for impeccably credentialed scientists. One might even say that this pandemic killed scientific debate. 
and it goes through all the other propaganda that you've been hearing of how Sweden that literally has come through this pretty well come, since it didn't lock everybody down, you know. And it's been hammered by the other authorities who try, who try to say, oh, yeah, the more died there. No, they didn't. <laughs> but uh, it goes through how Sweden, uh, how they're lambasting Sweden because they didn't lock down like they did everywhere else, eh? They accused them of leading Sweden to catastrophe and of experimenting on the Swedish people. No, I would say locking them down would be experimenting on them, wouldn't you? Like like I say. And the Swedes haven't lost their economy because of it. Hmm? And it says, um, Nobel laureate Michael Levitt's careful studies and models were labelled lethal nonsense as he weathered attacks left, right and centre. And John Ionidis, Ionidis, one of the world's most productive scientists, found his studies smeared and ignored. And all the links to all these different reports here and the scientist reports I've got here to put them up tonight. And uh, Sunetra Gupta, one of the world's foremost epidemiologists at the University of Oxford, found that expressing her wide-ranging infectious disease knowledge suddenly made her unethical and dangerous, they called her in the media. You see, it's a must-be. Facts got nothing to do with it, folks. You know. And that's a dangerous part because this is this is them. Right now, they're, they're smearing folk and just cutting them off of all media attention at all. Uh, the next step is going to be violence against them and the general public that don't go along with things too. And then goes into Fauci too, who states we can never go return to normal. Etc. Yada yada yada. You know, it's a good article. Quite. A, it's, it's it's not a short one either. These are, you know, it's quite short actually. But I don't have to read all of it. But it's it's got a good good links in it, like most of these articles do, for those who really want to know. And it's good to keep a, a list of these things because eventually all these articles will disappear from the net once all the riots and the destruction is over and we're then into the new system, the new normal world order, you know. And let me see now. Oh yeah, here's another another governmental one I've got here during all of this. This again is a a magazine, you may call it a magazine, a news site for federal employees in the U.S., I remember giving the talks many years ago when, when uh, the Rockefeller Group brought in uh, experts to find how many main newspapers had had to control to standardize all information of news. But they also brought in, uh, created a whole bunch of new newspapers to deal with this. Ther- I was there Todd, but newspapers, including um, magazines, uh, even for ones that would specialize It'd be written for government employees, civil servants. Well, this is where this is from. <laughs> this is for civil servants. Eh? And it says, a general schedule system is unresponsive to labor market dynamics and agency staffing needs, it says. And uh, it's about um, the paycheck. They want more money. The, the, the country's collapsing with, with closures. Mandatory closures by government policies, uh, but the, the civil servants and the federal servants are complaining about their paychecks that are not enough. They want pay rises. 
the, you know, there's too many parasites living on us now. That's that's what socialism ends up being. You see, it's expanding government, and the governments work with the corporations, and you got fascism. Socialism is fascism, with governments working with them. So this this is an article here to do with uh, them wanting mass paychecks and how they're not getting enough, you know, and and they should be getting the same equivalent kind of paychecks in certain functions within government, uh, civil service, as outside forces do and so on. I mean, you know, all that same old argument. Well, they should have gone into private business rather than work for a government, shouldn't they? But again, facts don't matter. But can you imagine the goal for wanting pay raises when thousands upon thousands upon thousands of small business that pay for their wages are finished for good with, because of government policies? This other article too it says top uh, epidemiologists say pandemic is over and it's time to go back to normal. And... Um, Top scientists, epidemiologists, professors, medical professionals from around the world say the pandemic is over, calling for an end to the lockdowns. Schools and universities should be open for in-person teaching. Extracurricular activities such as sports should be resumed. And young, low-risk adults should work normally rather than from home. Restaurants and other businesses should open. Arts, music, sport and other cultural activities should resume, they say, as the costs of continuing the lockdowns are astonishing and creating a global emergency. Well, that's what it's intended to do. The group made their declaration in a formal written document drawn up at a meeting hosted by the American Institute for Economic Research, dubbed the Great Barrington Declaration, signed by dozens of professionals, but the public is invited to join and sign too. In fact, more than 161,000 members of the public have already signed. Keeping these measures in place until the vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage with underprivileged and disproportionately harmed. The document says, fortunately, our understanding of the virus is growing. We know that vulnerability to death from COVID-19 is more than a, a thousandfold higher in the old and infirm than the young. Indeed, for children, COVID-19 is less dangerous than many other harms, including influenza. I'll put these ones up. Uh, for those who want to uh, to participate, perhaps you know, but it's going to take more than just uh, you know. The, uh, this is complaining is not going to work. This is a big agenda for a whole new world, huh? a world run by again characters like the WEF, huh? and our whole lives to be monitored from birth to death with all their gadgetry. Absolutely, I'm telling you, folks. Another one, two, Executive Board Special Session on COVID-19 Response. And it says, Director General following consultation with the Board Chair called an Executive Board Special Session on the Coronavirus Disease. Follow-up on the WHA 73 resolution approved by Member States earlier in May. So they're supposedly having the WHO having an Executive Board uh, meeting. Um, or they've just had it actually, 56 October, and they read what they said about it. But uh, I, I, the WHO is, is like so much of the UN, it should have been dismantled long ago, folks. Long ago. We don't vote for these organizations, they should have no say over our lives at all. This is interesting, too. 
because you've probably read about it already. This is this article here is from the Sun. I've got other news articles too. Nine eleven emergency. Right, lines go down across the U.S., sparking panic as callers can't get through to emergency services. And police departments across the country Monday night reported their nine eleven systems non-operational, and it's reportedly due to a Microsoft Office three sixty five outage. That's what they claimed. Right? Something to do with the cloud part of it. Nine eleven lines are not operational nationwide, it says. Attention. This is for phone calls and text messaging tweeted the Minneapolis Police Department. If you need police fire emergency medical assistance in Minneapolis, please call the local number. Similar problems continue for other police departments in the state of Minnesota and uh, Delaware. State police were dealing with calls and so on. So I'll put this one up, and I've also got um, this one too, is by Robert Wheeler. A 9-11 system goes down across the country. Was this a test? And uh, talks about 9-11 going down across the U.S. and blaming the outage of Microsoft 365 for the disruption. And that this is asked the question is if this is a test run for more widespread chaos around the election time. And I think it was also put in the Zero Hedge article as well. I'll put these links up for those who want to read it. Um, but there's a lot of strange things going on in preparation for what's to come, I'm sure, you know. And I think Whitney Webb also uh, had a couple of articles to do with the same thing, disruption in 2020 elections. There's going to be an awful lot of trouble that's planned that way, folks. They've, they've let us all know, too. The whole world knows there's going to be trouble, regardless of how it goes, you know. Because the point of all is to change everything uh, into the new system. And more chaos is, is it will sound realistic to the public. They'll, well, I guess we have to go into a new system altogether because the old one's completely finished now. <laughs> you see how it works, eh? And that's how they'll play it. And there one too. Remember all those conspiracy theories and Luddites who told you they didn't want Echo or Alexa devices in their home because their gadgets were spying on them? Well, they were right. That's not even up for debate. If you're one of those friends who mocked them and called them crazy, you were wrong. Just admit it. And if you're bewildered by what you just read, please read on. And it, it mentions um, smart technology and the Internet of Things that they were talking about 10 years ago, and so they were being developed for surveillance and manipulation purposes. Despite the company's claims of greater convenience, we've been a virtual dragnet for years. Remember, too, I think it was Samsung's televisions came out, and they had to admit eventually they were spying on the folk watching them to see what they are watching and their expressions and everything. And the folk kept buying them even after the mainstream published all. So there you go, right? And um, this article anyway goes on about uh, the Nest, your phone's uh, location tracker, our smart technology, and even talked about how we all have surveillance scores now, you see. We don't, but we truly, you all have scores in it. Deal with Wired's article by Sidney Fussell, Meet the Star Witness, Your Smart Speaker. In this article, Fussell details a murder case in which an uh, Amazon Echo device was presented as evidence. And he says, uh, in July 2019, police rushed to the home of the 32-year-old Sylvia Galva. Galva's friend, also in the home, called 911, claiming she overheard a violent argument between Galva and her boyfriend, the 43-year-old Adam Crespo. 
the two lived together in, in Hallandale Beach, Florida, 20 miles from Miami. When officers arrived, Galva was dead and paled through her chest by a 12-inch blade at the sharp end of a bedpost. Police believe uh, Crespo tried to drag Galva from their bed. She held on the bedpost to resist, but the sharp end snapped, killing her. Uh, police charged Crespo with second-degree murder. He pleaded not guilty, released on $65,000 bail, waiting trial. And it says... Uh, the lawyer since then for Crespo has presented a surprising piece of evidence in his defense, such as recordings from a pair of Amazon Echo speakers. I had a lot of interviews where people said, oh, are you aware that this could be the first time Alexa recordings are going to be used to convict somebody of murder, says Christopher O'Toole, Crespo's lawyer. And I actually thought of it the opposite way, that this could be the first time an Amazon Alexa recording is used to exonerate somebody and show that they're innocent. When police and prosecutors collect smart home or speaker data, it's typically uses evidence against suspects. The Callendale Beach Police Department filed a subpoena for Crespo's speakers as they may have picked up audio of the argument Galva's friend overheard. It shows the, the growing role of smart home devices and wearables in police investigations. And uh, it goes into the requests that the police make now to Amazon Echo to, to, to use them and so on. It says initially Amazon tried to block the request. They always say that. They tried to block the request but later handed over the data. They always go through the same formality. Or we pretend to say no for the public. It was bad PR, isn't it? Anyway, a murder charge against the defense later dropped by the speaker, smart home, and wearable data has figured into multiple cases since then. Amazon said it received more than 3,000 requests uh, from police for user data in the first half of this year and complied with almost 2,000 of those. That was a 72% jump in requests and so on. See how it, it, this, you're buying all the. See, this is all part of the. The fourth industrial revolution, the system, with all, all these gadgets that are all connected and all communicating with each other and so on and monitoring everything you do, say, almost what you think. And it says there that by amending a search warrant, police can keep going to keep collecting data or says that usually leads to a, an echo or at least some other device. Explains that, explains that, that, that um, the, the, the police are getting more savvy about smart home devices, creating templates that simplify requesting data. Police departments often share these templates, he said, tailoring requests for the specifics of the case investigating. And Google's Nest unit reported increasing police demands for data from its smart speakers through 2018. Google then stopped reporting Nest data separately, including such requests in its broader corporate transparency report, which shows increased requests for Google user data. This is literally, this is really what they're on about with uh, um, the fourth industrial revolution and, and the great reset. It's all, it's all one system where you will have no privacy whatsoever. Yeah. But you always buy your chains. I keep telling folk that, and they do, eh? Well, it's so convenient, you know, it's the right latest thing. <laughs> I always think of what the communists used to say about the capitalists and their rhetoric, eh? Even though they had lots of capitalists in their own country, lots and lots of them. And a captive slave population for, for workers, really, <laughs> at that time. 
But they used to say it at the West, you know, that we'll, we'll the capitalists, this is, they'll sell us the rope which we'll, we'll use to hang them. That's what they said about the capitalists. Uh, and here it is, folks. I mean, you're all buying these gadgets into a, 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 a prison, a virtual prison. And, uh, of course, nothing's going to happen to you, eh, ever, right? Like, I'm sure these folk were reading about here in these articles that they'd had no idea anything was going to happen to them either, but it certainly did. Never mind the fact, who's got the right to be inside your home? The one thing about Pierre Trudeau, one thing he said that was right, you know, the father of the present uh, Prime Minister in Canada, and he, he did say that the state had no right in the bedrooms of the people. Well, they don't need the state to do it. You get the folk to buy these gadgets themselves, and then they, they, the state can then use the, the folk, the, the companies that own the gadgetry or have the patents on it, and the services that manage them all. Microchips now technology and implanted biosensors, the new normal. This is an article here with the U.S. military. It says the U.S. military personnel will be the first subjects in nanotechnology trials in the pursuit of optimizing health and early detection of disease outbreaks. Isn't that just a coincidence? Profusa has uh, research contracts for bio-integrated sensors. Again, this is a whole agenda, the Internet of Things, with the U.S. Department of Defense and Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, as DARPA, pending U.S. Food and Drug Administration approval in early 2021. And it's to do with also with the Internet of Things and the 5G, which connects it all, right? Health technology undermines freedom and privacy, profuses promotional video, and the links here for it too, shows how the bio-integrated sensor enables a soldier to be tracked by remote computers using GPS in addition to monitoring real-time biomarkers, such as oxygen levels and heart rate. With the biotechnology is portrayed as potential life-saving, of course it is, to a soldier on the battlefield. The implications of the GPS tracking individuals is a terrifying step towards surveillance state and the general population. Furthermore, tracking people in stages of sickness can only result in medical tyranny in the hands of any government. The Profusa Influenza Study requires uh, patients to wear the wearable version of the reader 24 hours a day, which continues with continuous biomarker information collection into a database. It says these unreliable detection stages could be, become the criteria for different levels of individual participation in society as experienced in the unsustainable COVID-19 state-level lockdowns for the masses. And it goes into the different stages um, of this nanotechnology the Profusa has here, inserted sensor called a hydrogel light-emitting fluorescent sensor reader on the surface of the skin, and an electronic software component and transmits to an online database. That's the stuff that DARPA had been working on. Eh? And they'll call you they'll call you conspiracy theory if you put up these links with the with DARPA's own uh, website and so on about it. <laughs> That's so so simple now, isn't it? I just have this call you conspiracy. Most folk won't check on anything. You see, oh, the cons- oh, the government says the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so that's so so simple by smearing a person with a word or a slogan or a term, and that's the end of it, the conversation. Eh? I tell you.
which is what can you do, become more empowered to advocate for your health by registering for the Protecting Health and Autonomy in the 21st Century Online Conference. Uh, that's October 16th to 18th with 40 speakers, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'll put these links up too for that site as well, for those that want to look into it. Another one too, the at-scale test could change defense networks, training and logistics and how Americans use the internet. This is the largest 5G experiment yet, it says U.S. military. After months of expectation, planning and consultation with the service and with industry, the Pentagon is finally ready to start testing new concepts for 5G communications at five bases across the U.S. The contracts to the various companies taking part in the test, which defense officials announced Thursday, are worth a total of $600 million. $600 million, folks, eh? <laughs> By Pentagon standards, that sum isn't enormous, but the experiments offer companies a chance to refine 5G offerings that will be key to their businesses in the future. We all exist for these businesses now, eh? I understand that. And the Pentagon takes money from you to pay for it all, too. And reveal, and reveal how industry and the military will manage and share spectrum. That has huge implications for the future of the telecommunications industry and the way consumers use the internet. These are really at-scale experiments. They aren't just little demonstrations in a small area, like a science experiment, Joseph Evans the director for 5G and the Office of the Director of Research and Engineering told reporters Thursday these are at-scale deployments of 5G technology and an evaluation of DOD, Department of Defense, and industry dual-use application. Interest. So these are fascism again. There's your military working with, the, with industry. Eh? Uh, there you go. The test sites include the Joint Base Lewis-McCord in Washington, focusing on augmented and virtual reality training, naval base San Diego, California, focusing on smart warehousing, Marine Corps Logistics Base Albany, Georgia, focusing on 5G smart warehousing but for vehicles, and Nellis Air Force Base, Nevada, focused on distributed uh, command and control, and Hill Air Force Base, Utah, focusing on dynamic spectrum sharing. It adds Nellis to the group and Defense Department announcement back in February when it began asking for industry participants and seeing a very enthusiastic response. Well, there's always enthusiastic responses when you have big bucks at play with the corporations and stuff, eh? <laughs> so dynamic spectrum sharing is one of the terms that they use here too. So the department reserves key areas of the mid-band spectrum for radar and other uses. Part of this reason China has more 5G users than the U.S. is that the Chinese government has allowed select industry players to use certain parts of the spectrum inside the country. This helped Huawei, for example, evolve into a key player in the 5G equipment market. So they try to pretend that the U.S. is playing catch-up. Like, I'm sure the U.S. is probably even ahead of, uh, ahead of Huawei. And the experiments to take place at Hill Air Force Base involving high-powered radars will help Defense Department figure out how to open up portions of the highly routed mid-band spectrum to industry. And that's all also part of the reason, too, that uh, they really demanded some years back, remember, that the TV sets all go digital, really, 
And um, it's because they wanted the bands, the uh, ultra-high frequency and VHF frequency bands. But they're going into a whole bunch of different bands, even into medium bands too with some of these things as well. So I'll put these links up as well for those that care about what's going on with the 5G. Stop scaring us into an economic abyss from chairman of Ocado, Stuart Rose, a plea to ministers to cease pumping out propaganda and end the farcical 10pm curfew and give us all the confidence to get on with our lives. That's from the Mail and on Sunday. And this article, Stuart Rose talks about the fact that business is getting destroyed. And the government is in absolute disarray with its ridiculous legislations and its contradictions and everything else. And the very fact that the government is just a, a kind of screw-up, like a, a cacophony of propaganda and public display. A show. Government reminds me of a chicken coop. And the farmer puts the, the chickens in the, in the coop and they, they squawk at each other. That's what Parliament is. They're not the bosses by any means at all. The big corporations way above them are the bosses. They finance them in. The government is ridiculous in the way it's handling it. It's not handling anything. It's, it's a disaster. Of course it is. But folk are, you know, everyone's getting destroyed under the farce of all. Another one, too, in their article, too, is called The COVID Deception. I say we've already been deceived by public health authorities, but COVID, partly from public authorities' ignorance of the virus, has spread in its treatment, but mainly in pur- purpose, on purpose. The one reason we were intentionally deceived by purpose health authorities and continue to be deceived by them is to create a market for a COVID vaccination. That's Paul Craig Roberts, you know, who says this too. I don't believe that's just the purpose at all, but it's definitely part of it as a COVID vaccination. There are billions of dollars in profits in this, and Big Pharma wants them. The financial connections between public health authorities and Big Pharma means that the WHO, NIH, and CDC also desire mass vaccinations. If there are not enough people scared out of their wits to voluntarily seek vaccination, the chances are vaccinations will be made mandatory, or your ability to travel and so forth will be made dependent on being vaccinated. And he also goes into the voting at home, as it's, it's frightening folk into voting by mail from the safety of one's home. Voting by mail means that no winner can be declared on election night and the mail-in voters will have to be counted as they come in. The delay in declaring an election winner allows time for more propaganda that Trump has one fraudulently rigged election or two has lost and won't step down. As the press chiefs speak with one orchestrated voice whether Trump wins or, or not will be buried in reports that he lost and refuses to step down or that he won by fraud. Even if Trump survives the color revolution planned for him, he'll be under attack as an illegitimate president, just as he was during the first term when he was allegedly elected by Russian interference, which has really fallen through that one. <laughs> Actually, if you read the report by, by Mueller, right, most people haven't read it. It's quite fascinating because it wasn't Russian interference. They do mention a country over and over, <laughs> which I won't, but... Uh, there was definitely interference, but it wasn't. It was not Russian. You know, that was in the Mueller report. 
This will suffice to prevent a renewal of his attack on the globalist establishment. Listen to his first inaugural address and again sideline his desire to serve peace by reducing the dangerous tensions with Russia, a policy that deprives a military security complex of its valuable enemy. And it goes on and on about the color revolutions too. And now again, the sole postal um, idea of posting in the vote is, is, is open to an awful lot of fraud as well, etc., etc. I'll put that up as well. Whistleblowers can play a critical role in the integrity of the election and its aftermath. Again, this is from the, the site for civil servants. Eh? Like you think they're impartial? <laughs> uh, quite some, I tell you, I've never seen so much uh, audacious commentary by folk that are supposed to serve the Constitution. Yeah. Donald Trump's recent refusal to commit to a peaceful transition of power. They keep saying that, right? If he loses the election, should cast away all doubt that a free and a fair election is in peril and that our democracy, it's our republic, for goodness sake, is on the edge. For months, President Trump has sown fear about the integrity of the November 3rd election, baselessly claiming that millions of fraudulent votes will be cast to defeat him. And Trump produces have busily purged state registration rules, sharply limited polling places in blue districts, and to hinder the U.S. Postal Service's capacity to process historic levels of mail-in ballots due to the pandemic. Since none of this is surprising, Trump has told more than 20,000 lies since assuming the presidency, according to the Washington Post fact-checker. He was impeached for freezing security aid to Ukraine in order to pressure his president to falsely state Joe Biden was under investigation. We learn about Trump's perfect call, first from an anonymous intelligence community whistleblower, then from a former Army Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. Both suffered a campaign of bullying, intimidation, and retaliation by President Trump, blah, blah, blah. This is supposed to be an impartial civil servant. Eh? This is the stuff that they're reading here. <laughs> we need courageous whistleblowers given the wanton law-breaking of the administration. Mm-mm-mm. It's on, that's a quite a long article. So I'll put it up anyway for those that care to see what the civil servants are reading. <laughs> uh. The WHO, the WHO, accidentally confirms COVID is no more dangerous than flu. Uh, head of the Health Emergencies Program Best Estimates put IFR at 0.14%. Now, for those who, who, who love to play little, who still get a pencil and paper out for mathematics and so on, the World Health Organization has finally confirmed that we and many experts in the studies have been saying for months the coronavirus is no more deadly or dangerous than seasonal flu. The WHO's top brass made this announcement during a special session of the WHO's 34-member executive board Monday, October the 5th. It's just nobody seemed to really understand it. In fact, they didn't seem to completely understand it themselves. At this session, Mr. Michael Ryan, the WHO's head of emergencies, revealed that they believe roughly 10% of the world has been infected with SARS-CoV-2. Amazing they could even come out with these statistics, like 10%. How would you know? Hmm? How would you know? You'd have to test everybody on the planet to come out with any percentage at all. But they'd love to throw these figures out there. So they believe, I guess it's a religion, uh, uh, demonstrate the world has been infected with SARS-CoV-2. 
This is their best estimate and a huge increase over the number of officially recognized cases, which are around 35 million, right? And it says Dr. Margaret Harris, a WHO spokesman later confirmed the affair, stating it was based on the average results of all the broad uh, zero prevalence studies done around the world. As much as the WHO were attempting to spin this as a bad thing, Dr. Ryan even said it means the vast majority of the world remains at risk. It's actually good news and confirms once more that the virus is nothing like as deadly as anyone, everyone predicted or anyone predicted. The global population is roughly 7.8 billion people, right? If 10% have been infected, that is 780 million cases. The global death toll currently attributed to SARS-CoV-2 infections is 1,061,539. That's an infection fatality rate of roughly 0.14%, right in line with seasonal flu and the predictions of many experts from around the world. 0.14% is over 24 times lower than the WHO's provisional figure of 3.4% back in March. This figure was used in the models which were used to justify lockdowns and other draconian policies. Remember, they were using it too in that Neil Ferguson in in, in England uh, using his his different computer modeling programs to come up with these amazing figures. So this is 24 times lower than the WHO's provisional figure, right? In fact, given the over-reporting of alleged COVID deaths, the IFR is likely to even lower than the 0.14% and could show COVID to be much less dangerous than flu. None of the mainstream press picked up on this, though many outlets reported Dr. Ryan's words. They all attempted to make it a scary headline and spread more panic. Apparently neither they nor the WHO were capable of doing the simple math that shows us that this is good news and the COVID skeptics have been right all along. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Uh, microchips, nanotechnology, and implanted biosensors. The new normal, it says. Uh, I mentioned this one already, but the, the U.S. military personnel will be the first subjects in nanotechnology trials and to pursue optimizing health and early detection of disease outbreaks. That's a profuse one I mentioned earlier. So I'll definitely put this one up. Mm. How they're undermining freedom and privacy. And vaccines, the Trojan horse for worldwide adoption of nanotechnology. This year for soldiers, nanotechnologies at MIT and the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Disease are researching the use of nanotechnology-based adjuvants in new vaccines for the military against malaria, tuberculosis, HIV, and Ebola. I'll tell you, they're really so amazing adjuvants now, though. And this article mentions some of them too. Um, and they're using uh, um, coated metal nanoparticles too. Anyway, there you go. Remember two folks, again, I've got to always mention that every hour at least they can get the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and tells you how to do, how to pay for them, and make a list of all my sites listed on the com, in case the com goes down. You can use PayPal to pay for them, uh, cash, checks, um, MoneyGram works as well. So I think it does, uh, you can get little checks from your bank if you don't have ones yourself, you can get little orders. 
and uh, you can send them or send cash even. Cash is fine. Mail gets through without a problem here. Don't ever register mail. They'll definitely hold it up. <laughs> and and uh, But regular mail gets through no problem at all. So it's up to you. Um, donations are fine and are really welcome because it costs a lot of money to do what I'm doing. Believe you me, it does. And all the sites I'll have to pay for too. Never mind, even replacing bits and pieces of equipment that bust all the time, as you well know. Uh, the gadgetry and, uh, and of computers and so on is, is not so robust as they make it out to be. Again, everything's so disposable, isn't it? Not made to last. I was reading a, an article by a, a guy in Russia who was, he put forth the premise. He says, is what, who, who would survive better uh, if for a big crisis for like COVID or whatever, if it shut everything down? Just out of, you know, interest sake, the U.S., with all its massive industries that it had anyway at one time, or the Soviet Union. And you said that it probably would be the Soviet Union or, or, or Soviet countries, the ex-Soviet countries, because they didn't have competition and whatever they made, even in the cars or anything else. He said, or home utensils and things like that, is is. They were made to last because there was not there was not built in there was no inbuilt uh, obsolescence in them or, or limited lifespan. They were built to last because there was no competition. You didn't have to keep buying new stuff so it made them cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to, uh, to produce. But but he says so the, these things in Russia could were meant to be repaired and to last for years and years and years, including refrigerators and everything. And it's so true, isn't it? Uh, all the junk that we have today, if you really had something that closed you down big time um, and and you didn't have the cash to buy anything new and you couldn't get anything new, you, you try repair, repairing them to the, the junk that we're living with it on every possible level because it is junk, it really is junk. Everything is such darn junk, isn't it? It doesn't last long at all. It's not meant to. And the same with computers. They come up with the next version, the next version, the next version or upgrades to the version you've got, and eventually you've got to keep buying, buying, buying. And it's all chronology again. Let me see now. Here's Cineworlds could close all its cinemas in the UK and the US this week. And it says interest has been struggling during the pandemic and has taken another knock after the latest Bond film was pushed back. Well, that's a disaster. Bond films are getting pushed back, eh? And it says it's considered closing all of its cinemas in the UK and the US this week because of COVID. Eh? Oh. So there you go. It says Cineworld is one of the world's um, biggest cinema operators. I think there's 39 of uh, I don't know if it's 39 operators or they're the 39th or they have 39. But anyway, it's one of the biggest ones. And the decision may be announced this early Monday. The chain's boss is preparing to write to Boris Johnson and Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden to say that it's just become unviable. No kidding. Also, I think, I think was it um, Disney, uh, Walt Disney, or Disneyland, or you call it, had this lead of thousands of other workers as well, you know, backup workers that they had working. Sweden spared a surge as SARS-CoV-2 infections stay low. And while health experts in the U.S. and many other countries are warning of a second wave, COVID-19 will move into fall winter. Sweden does not expect a re-emergence of widespread contagion, as herd immunity appears to have been established. 
Well, that's what happens when you don't lock folk down. You all end up uh, being exposed to it and you get immune to it, you see. That's what happens normally with all, all these illnesses, viral illnesses. And that's what happened with Sweden. Rather than locking down the whole country, Sweden only temporarily closed high schools and colleges, banned gatherings of more than 50 people, and asked seniors over the age of 70 to self-isolate. The economy kept going. Nothing was shut down. And um, the primary goal has been to slow the spread, uh, to avoid overwhelming the medical services, but they still were not overwhelmed anyway. As of mid-September 2020, Sweden's infection rate had reached an all-time low. COVID-19-related deaths were at zero. 22 of 31 European countries, most of which enacted strict lockdown, had higher infection rates. It's true that for the countries that shut them down had higher infection rates. Eh? As a result of the sensible approach to the pandemic, Sweden has also largely escaped the financial ruin and skyrocketing mental health problems experienced in other areas, including the US. There's a war to destroy the West, eh? really is. So they're not worried about it in Sweden, or or surgeons. And lots and lots of testing doesn't mean you're ill. (laughs) Uh, If you get fragments of of long dead viruses, um, little particle bits of them, by these tests, uh, the PCR tests, it doesn't mean you're ill with it. You you only have them anyway, you know. Interestingly enough, uh, I read early on, it was last February, March, they were finding that folk that were getting tested in um, some of the places where they were testing them, like clinics, the PCR tests, they were actually contaminating uh, the swabs when they pulled them out of the tubes because the particles were all over the places where the folk were coming in to get tested. The rooms were contaminated. There's more folk getting the thing in the hospital. I've got articles here too. I'll put it up as well. They're, they're getting it in the hospital. Wherever you've had people who've been who've had it, who've shed it, you end up with the particles on the walls, the floors, and everywhere. And they don't just stick there. About breeze comes in, this doors open, and they float out and out in the air again. And you breathe it in, and you oh, you're positive. No, you're not. You've, you've got particles of long dead viruses there. It really is. Don't forget the inventor of the PCR test, a guy who got all kinds of world awards for it and so on, said it's not for diagnosing. It's useless for diagnosing disease. It's not meant for that. But facts don't matter, right? Last orders before curfew, Boris Johnson calls on the COVID vigilantes as millions in North and Midlands in England face travel bans we have travel bans, eh? And pub closures, they're closing them, so you could be out and, and uh, I think there weren't no one in the streets by about 10 p.m. or something. As number 10, that's a, the, the Prime Minister's residence, offers local leaders cash for crackdowns. I guess they're paying them off to crack down. Well, daily infection rate hits 15,166. No, that, that's, not, that's, not, that's not disease for us, not ill. It says with 81 deaths. Now, at this time of year, you're going to find a lot of folk just dying when the, with the weather changing. It happens every year. 81 deaths. Doesn't mean they've, they've died of COVID. We're back to that same con again, right? Where they're putting everybody down as COVID. If you happen to test positive for having particles in your nostrils. <laughs> mm. 
what a, what an incredible con this is, you know, as 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 criminal as criminal what they've been doing. That's the term for it. And knowingly too, they know what they're doing at the top. So anyway, it says um, deployment of the COVID vigilantes is effective admission from Downing Street National Program that it failed. It says. Um, so new, new lockdown measures in England by Mr. Johnson going down to the wire Saturday. And it says millions of people in the Midlands North facing travel bans. Eh? Oh. And local communities are tasked with enforcing the test and trace. Don't even bother testing and tracing. It's a joke. It's, it's meant to increase the hype and fear. That's what it's meant to do. People could face fines if they travel between high and lower risk areas or breach orders to self-isolate. Deployment of the, the COVID vigilantes is an effective admission from Downing Street this national program failed. Thousands of pubs across England could be closed on the basis of what critics claim is a dodgy dossier, meaning nonsensical, of evidence presented by Chief Medical Officer Chris Whitty. They're trying to say, you see, that uh, Professor Whitty showed MPs, Member of Parliament's data, which purported to show that 33% of infections may be occurring in pubs, bars, cafes and restaurants. He said that a significant proportion of exposures to virus was taking place in such establishments, but the conclusions were drawn from a very small sample, which has since been criticised as being incredibly thin data and dodgy dossier. See, facts don't matter, though. They'll stick to it, you see. In fact, as I've said before, there's more folk catching it in the hospitals when they come in for other things, and then they, they catch it in the hospitals. So. Facts don't matter. They want the, the lockdown, like wartime scenario, you see. Emergency power is locked down. Oh, and also this one here. You always think, uh, people don't think too far, unless it's explained to them, or they're told to think about, again, this is the control that media has over you, right? Uh, and it all works together to make sure they have you have the impressions about topics that they want you to have. But you think of, of think organize well, we heard the USAID, eh? USAID. It's a US agency for international development. Mm-hmm. Again, it's part of the, the military establishment for getting funds to different groups and so on, or white helmets, or you name it, the groups that uh, that can don. Uh, you know, battle helmets one minute and put white ones on the second for the photographs and stuff like that. It's all a con. But they're, also, they're famous for getting money to the different to terrorist organizations in areas where they're supposed to go to help folk. You know, we're here. There's nothing is what it says it is anymore. But if you listen to this article and think about what it's saying here, right? It integrates U.S. foreign policy with the financial support needs of developing countries, right? So is that saying that the U.S. is there to help develop developing countries? Is, is it? Is it that's what it's for? The agency's mission is to expand democracy and free markets while improving the lives of individuals in undeveloped and crisis-ridden parts of the world. Now, most of the places that are, I think, they given prominence are nations that the U.S. went in to wipe out into the Stone Age. Huh? So is that why the agency is there? It's there to expand democracy. Remember Operation Ar- 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 Iraqi Freedom? 
under the Bush Jr. You know? And you had that trooper, a uh, famous uh, little shot. They, they had this, this guy standing there in front of these angry uh, residents <laughs> of Iraq. And, and and he shouts, we're here to help you, stupid. And he says the efforts, you know. And bring you democracy, and they're all they're all looking at him like, what? Who needs democracy? Is that what you've got? Back home. So there, so here they are. The USA is there to expand democracy. I guess it's after you bomb the places and in free markets. We've destroyed all development and factories and so on. They did in Iraq, by the way. Well, improving the lives of individuals in undeveloped and crisis-ridden parts of the world. With, within USA, the Bureau for Global Health, it's a Bureau for Global Health, you know that, allocates over $5 billion annually to support programs that combat infectious diseases, help prevent child and maternal deaths, and control the spread of HIV-AIDS. This is their, this is their, their spiel here. USAID Global Health wants to do a more effective way of aggregating and disseminating the program data had been collecting from health systems worldwide for over 60 years in areas such as food security, child health, and pandemic threats. Due to unique data collection challenges in each of the 80 countries it served, the Bureau struggled in its mission to empower frontline workers to improve health systems and outcomes through data-driven decisions. Now, when you see this, this terminology is over and over, data-driven decisions, uh, you went to the, the Great Reset, it's data-driven, right? That's what you're saying, that the same term, data-driven, and it means it's all connected, right? And, and not enough of the data was reaching the people who needed it. And when it did, a scattered nature of how it was collected resulted in a low level of trust in the data sets. USA Global Health needed a way to collect more data and use it to its fullest potential. And it's going to get to the point eventually, I think. It says that this again is by this, this, this particular news site that caters to U.S. federal employees, this one. And it, and it mentions the company uh, that's kind of, again, pushing for the contract to collect this data for USAID and other, other organizations, say. It's like an ad, in a sense, like most of these articles of news are. They're really ads, aren't they? But you've you, you got to realize that this one organization, never mind the whole cost of it, they actually use $5 billion to support programs to combat infections. That's just one part of their budget, obviously, you know. Uh, but now they've got um, Tableau, they call it Tableau's dashboard to turn the goal of data collection and so on into reality. So this is what they're pushing, this this company, uh, Tableau, T-A-B-L-E-A-U, dashboard to turn the globe into reality. So it's it's quite interesting. And it says, this content is made possible by our sponsor, Tableau. It's not written by and does not necessarily reflect the views of GovX as the, the, the executive editorial staff. You're sure, sure, of course. But you understand, a lot of the data testing has been done through the military across, the US military across the, these countries. I've mentioned before, the military have been, they go, they go around with little tablets, there are special tablets and so on. They take iris scans of the people in, these, in Iraq and different countries and Afghanistan. They take fingerprints of them, men, women, children. 
uh, their names, uh, complete data. They, all this experimentation has been done in these countries by the military so they can be used back home now. You're getting the point for the Great Reset and for the, the, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. It's all been done elsewhere under the guise of warfare um, scenarios and emergency powers and necessity. Yeah. They've got all the data, all tried and tested for the, for the gadgetry. Yeah. <laughs> and again, once again, we're, we're, everybody's a product, including the defeated nations, uh, for big high-tech uh, sales pitches and so on, and for their products. Because they see we are, we are part. We, we are the business. The, we are humans are the business, folks. We are the business. Without us, these companies we would have nothing to sell anything to, or make excuses to why they must sell us these things. Hmm? The track and trace, etc., etc., etc. But this is the big business of the future: total tracking, tracing of everything you do from birth to death. That's what it's about, folks. This article here now is by Craig Murray. Is yeah. Craig Murray was the former ambassador uh, to uh, a few, some countries for Britain, you know, for England, you know, human rights activist, and he, he, eventually he became a human rights activist anyway. And he's been following the, the, the Julian Assange report for a while. He says, where's my final Assange report? October the 9th. Uh, so I've been contacting him in various ways to ask, where's my promised report on the final day of Assange hearing to complete the account? And, and he says, it's difficult to explain this to you. When I was in London, it was extremely intense. And he gives you his daily routine getting, you know, going to court around 10 a.m., writing down 25 to 30 pages at a time, leave around 5, and then and court is usually with Julian's dad, John, and usually for lunch too. After court, I would thank supporters outside courtroom, do some media, uh, occasionally do some media, and often I meet with WikiLeaks crew to discuss development and tactics, then go back to the hotel room, have a bite to eat and go to bed around 6.30 to 7.00, Wake at 11 p.m. at midnight, shower and shave, read the, note, read the notes and do any research needed. About 8, 3 a.m. and start to write and finish around 8.30 a.m. And proofread, then get dressed about 9 a.m. And then make any large changes and press publish and walk to the old Bailey and start again. So routine, very exhausting, eh? And... Um, Apart from being exhausted and totally immersed in a bubble and buoyed with the support of others close to Julian, who are also inside the bubble. But in that courtroom, you are in the presence of evil. And really listen to this and put yourself in that position. Again, what you, what you think about with all the propaganda and old movies of Britain and the court systems and, you know, and 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 the, the, again, Britain is oh, they were the first ones to develop the the, the justice system to to a higher level than in our countries, and so on and so on. So, but in that courtroom, you were in the presence of evil. He's talking about what happened to him and why he, he hasn't been keeping up with all. With a civilized veneer, it says a pretense, a process, a pretense, right, a process and even displays of bonhomie. The entire destruction of a human being was in process. 
Julian was being destroyed as a person before my eyes. For the crime of publishing the truth, he had to sit there listening to days of calm discussion as to the incredible torture that would await him in a U.S. supermax prison, deprived of all meaningful human contact for years on end, and solitary in a cell just 50 square feet. And says, 50 square feet, mark that out for yourself. Now three paces by two. Of all the terrible things I heard, Warden Baird explaining that the single hour a day allowed out of the cell is alone in another absolutely identical cell called the recreation cell. So they get out of the, your little tiny cell, right, for an hour a day into the recreation cell, which is the same as the one you just got out of, right? That and the fellow government expert, Dr. Blackwood, describing how Julian might be sufficiently medicated and physically deprived of the means of suicide to keep him alive for years of this. I encountered evil in Uzbekistan. This is, this is when the guy worked for the British government. When the mother brought me the photos of her son tortured to death by immersion in boiling liquids. The US government was also implicated in that, though the CIA cooperation with the Uzbek security services, so through them, you know, using them. It happened just outside the U.S. military base at Karshi Kanabad. He was that same evil parade in the centre of London under the panoply of Crown Justice. I'll say that last bit again for the heart of thinking, because it's awfully important. This is something with the military, the U.S. military, right? And the CIA, this strange organisation, the CIA, which... It's almost a foreign entity, I would say, you know. Encountered the evil in Uzbekistan when the mother brought me the photos of her son tortured to death by immersion in boiling liquid. The US government was also implicated in that through the CIA cooperation with the Uzbek security services. It happened just outside the US military base at Karshi Kanabad. He was at the same evil paraded in the centre of London under the panoply of Crown Justice. Remember those troops are coming home too. I've always said that the eat machinery come back to America. And when that happens, horror can face you. And they've already put an awful lot into the police forces over the years and expanded the forces inside America under the guise of fighting drugs and doing the home invasions, or the night invasions, I'd call them, you know, no-knock things and so on. Uh, and it's just horrible. There's not a in our case at the weekend there where they got into the wrong house again, and some kid was shot by the, by the forces, uh, like an eight-year-old or something. Uh, having left the bubble, my courage keeps failing me to return to the evil and write up the last day on the trial. I know that sounds either pathetic or precious, I know the mainstream journalists who revel in portraying me as a mentally unstable will delight to mock me, but this last few days I can't even bring myself to look at my notes. I feel physically ill. When I try, of course I will complete the series, but I may need a little time. So you understand too, when you're seeing this kind of, and he does write uh, about the judge that they placed there, and just, it's not really a judge as such, you know. It's a long article, because it goes on to, to different dates, October the 8th and further back and so on. But um, it's amazing. Uh, it's a show trial. It's, it's what it is. Uh, a show trial with 
with Assange being hung out to dry, and um, because the big military-industrial complex complex will never forgive him for showing uh, U.S. forces literally executing a bunch of journalists. Remotely from a, a, a helicopter far, far away from where they were walking, unarmed. Yeah. Never forgive that. And young guys in the background show, yeah, 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 laughing and joking about it as he slaughtered people. Never forgive that. And so he's seen a show trial get taking place, which is, never mind just being exhausted, but actually seeing it happen, being in the presence of evil will certainly drain you. Because you know it's a show trial. You know the, know the judge is evil too. I don't think it's a proper judge, the woman. is more a justice of the peace, perhaps. But um, she's, he said that she sneers and uh, to San, she sneers him with that haughty, it's like something of the, uh, the the 17th, the 18th century, that, that you see in a movie with a sneering, upper-class type idiot, you know, looking at someone down below them with no mercy. Because there's a show trial. So anyway, he does go in, to, in this, this particular one I'll put up there with, um, <laughs> with what's happening in Scotland as well, Nicola Sturgeon, Jeff. Aberdeen telling the truth about their meeting on 20 March 2018, which both now say discussed allegations against Alex Salmond. Because yeah, Alex Salmond's been under investigation for uh, behaviour of his sexual or what it is when he was in office as well. And as folk may be covering up from, who knows what it's about to. Another article too, coronavirus gives a dangerous boost to DARPA's darkest agenda. That's by Whitney Webb. This goes back, you know, I think it was May the 4th initially. It was a good article about now, you see. These, people are getting trained to look at daily, daily updates and everything. Oh, I want the latest news, like, it's like what they buy is the newest, whatever. Same thing. They don't realize that the news is important for, for its content. Uh, which will be relevant right down through time. Huh? But in January, well before the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis would result in lockdown, quarantines and economic devastation in the United States and beyond, the U.S. intelligence community and the Pentagon were working with the National Security Council to create still-classified plans to respond to an imminent pandemic. So the link's here too, right? It has since been alleged that the intelligence and military intelligence communities knew about a likely pandemic in the U.S. as early as last November, and potentially even before then. Given the foreknowledge and the numerous simulations conducted in the U.S. last year regarding global viral pandemic outbreaks, at least six of varying scope and size, has often been asked why did the government not act to prepare if an imminent global pandemic and shortcomings of any response to such an event were known? Though the answer to this question has frequently been written off as mere incompetence, that's what they always say, in mainstream media circles, it's worth entertaining the possibility that a crisis was allowed to unfold. Why would the intelligence committee or another uh, faction of US government knowingly allow a crisis such as this to occur? The answer is clear. If, a look, if you look at history at times of crisis have often been used by the US government, to implement policies that would normally be rejected by the American public, ranging from censorship of the press to mass surveillance networks. That's what 9-11 was for, as you know. 
though the government response to the September 11 attack, uh, like the Patriot Act, may be the most uh, accessible example to many Americans. U.S. government efforts to limit the flow of dangerous journalism and surveil the population to go back, go back as early as the First World War. They used the Patriot Act as well, too, etc. Spy networks, etc., etc. Using this history as a lens, it's possible to look at the current coronavirus crisis to see how the long-standing agendas of ever-expanding mass surveillance and media censorship are again getting a dramatic boost thanks to the chaos unleashed by the coronavirus pandemic. Yet this crisis is unique because it has also given a boost to a newer yet complementary agenda that, if fulfilled, would render most, if not all, other government efforts at controlling and subduing their populations obsolete. Isn't that the truth of it? They use a DARPA dystopia. DARPA has remained largely out of sight now of mind for most Americans, as their research projects are rarely covered by mainstream media, and when they are, their projects are often praised as bringing science fiction movies to life. However, there have been recent events that have marred uh, DARPA's often positive portrayal by media outlets, which paint the agency as a beacon of scientific progress as change the world for the better. For instance, in 2018, a group of European scientists accused the DARPA's Insect Allies program, and they have an Insect Allies program, so they called it, of actually being a dystopian bioweapons program that would see insects introduce genetically modified viruses into plants to attack and devastate a targeted nation's food supply. Now, don't laugh at that because Canada's deadly allies, the, the, the book about World War II, and Canada had the lead role at that time in biowarfare, and including uh, programs to create various means of destroying crops and enemy nations. Uh, and, and destroying their, their, the meat supply as well, by the way. They, they create something which really <laughs> pretty well put holes through the brains of cattle. Which I, I, And it's so coincidental that the one eventually broke out in the 80s or 90s, they called it. The, in the 90s, I think, the, um, the Kutz-Jacob syndrome that would bore holes through your brain pretty well, just like the cattle. And uh, they killed the whole nation's uh, livestock off over in Britain. Pyramids of, of burning animals. And the government then, if you want to see governments in action using the military, they flew helicopters into, with death squads into all the farms. They just land and, and kill all the animals and take off and leave you with a problem. A horror show. The, 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 the whole food supply in Britain was pretty well wiped out with them. And, it was, and they used the modeling, computer modeling, by guess who? Neil Ferguson did it all. Okay, he, 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 I don't think they found any, any mad cow disease in, in any of the animals. But again, facts don't matter. Aye, 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 I tell you. But anyway, getting back to, to this one here. Insect allies. This, this would peep me off in the Canadian version of it too. And it says, uh, regardless of DARPA's assertions, it's merely a defensive program. Should be clear to readers that such a technology could easily be used either way. It's always that way. It's dual purpose. Eh? 
Though DARPA's futuristic weapons of war often get the most attention from media, the agency has long-standing interest in tinkering with not just the biology of plants, but of humans. DARPA, which is funded to the tune of approximately $3 billion a year, has various avenues through which it pursues these ambitions, with many of those now under the, the purview of the agency's Biological Technologies Office, BTO, created in 2014. As of late, some of DARPA's human biology and biotech projects, uh, as is BTO, have been getting a massive PR boost thanks to the current coronavirus crisis. The recent reports even claiming the agency might have created the best hopes for stopping COVID-19. Most of these technologies garnering positive media coverage thanks to COVID-19 were developed several years ago. They include the DARPA-funded platforms used to produce DNA and RNA vaccines, classes of vaccine that have never been approved for human use in the U.S., and involve injecting foreign genetic material into the human body. Notably, it's this very class of vaccine now being produced by DARPA-partnered companies that billionaire and global health philanthropist Bill Gates recently asserted has him most excited relative to other COVID-19 vaccine candidates. Yet, key aspects regarding these vaccines and other DARPA healthcare initiatives have been left out of these recent positive reports, likely because they provide a window into what is arguably the agency's darkest agenda. In vivo nanoplatforms, 2006 DARPA announced is predicting health and disease program which sought to determine where an individual would develop an infectious disease prior to the onset of symptoms. The PhD program planned to accompany this by identifying changes in the baseline state of human health through frequent surveillance with a specific focus on viral upper respiratory pathogens. Three years later, in 2010, DARPA-funded researchers at Duke University created the foundation for this tool, which would use the genetic analysis of blood samples to determine if someone is infected with the virus before they show symptoms. Reports at this time claimed that these preemptive diagnoses would be transmitted to a national web-based influenza map available via smartphone. Following the creation of DARPA's BTO in 2014, this particular program gave rise to the in vivo nanoplatform IVN program. The diagnostic branch of that program, abbreviated as IVNDX, investigates technologies that incorporate implantable nanoplatforms composed of biocompatible non-toxic materials in vivo, sensing of small and large molecules of biological interest multiplex detection of analytics and clinically relevant concentrations and external interrogation of the nanoplatforms without using implanted electronics for communication. Past reports on the program describe it as developing classes of nanoparticles to sense and treat illness, disease and infection on the inside. The tech involves implantable nanoparticles which sense specific molecules of biological interest. DARPA's IVN program has since helped to finance and produce soft, flexible hydrogels that are injected just beneath the skin to perform health monitoring and that sync to a smartphone app to give the use immediate uh, health insights. I guess the user, I guess. 
And now the links are all here to all this stuff, so you can't see his conspiracy stuff because you've got DARPA, <laughs> DARPA, putting up their own links here. It says, so, a product currently marketed and created by the DARPA-funded and National Institutes of Health, that's NIH-funded company Profusa, Profusa, which has received millions upon millions from DARPA in recent years, asserts that the information generated by their injectable biosensor would be securely shared and accessible to, uh, to individuals, physicians, and public health practitioners. However, the current push for a national contact tracing system based on citizens' private health data has led to expand that data sharing, conveniently fitting with DARPA's years-old goal of creating a national web-based database of preemptive diagnosis. Profuse is also backed by Google, which is intimately involved in these new mass surveillance contact tracing initiatives and counts former Senate Majority Leader William First amongst its board members. They're also partnered with the National Institute of Health. The company also has considerable, and it's got links to all these, uh, this, these sentences. <laughs> each sentence has links to, links to considerable overlap with the diagnostic company. Uh, is it Kephid or Kephid? which recently won um, FDA approval for its rapid coronavirus test and was previously awarded lucrative government contracts to detect anthrax in the U.S. postal system. Past March, Profusa again won DARPA funding to determine if their injectable biosensors can predict future pandemics, including the now widely predictive second wave of COVID-19 and detect those infected up to three weeks before they would otherwise show symptoms. The company expects to have its biosensors FDA licensed for the purpose by early next year. It's massive business, all of this. Eh? I remember reading years ago, they said at the end of the Cold War, what would all the military industrial complex corporations do? They said, well, the future will have to be in surveillance, a surveillance society, where the public are basically spied on all the time, and that would be their income. Another long-standing DARPA program now overseen by BT was known as Living Foundries. And according to DARPA's website, Living Foundries aims to enable adaptable, scalable, and on-demand production of synthetic molecules by programming the fundamental metabolic processes of biological systems to generate a vast number of complex molecules that are not otherwise accessible. Through Living Foundries, DARPA is transforming synthetic biomanufacturing into a predictable engineering practice supportive of a broad range of national security objectives. Now, this is military-industrial complex. They're not here to help you, folks. <laughs> I hope you understand this. Eh? And, uh, and also supports the program of the creation of artificial life in Living Foundries. Eh? create artificial genetic material, including artificial chromosomes, the creation of entirely new organisms, and using artificial genetic material to add new capabilities to human beings, that is, genetically modifying humans through the insertion of synthetically created genetic material. The latter is of particular concern, though all are honestly concerning, as DARPA also has a project called Advanced Tools for Mammalian Genome Engineering which despite having mammalian in the name is focused specifically on improving the utility of human artificial chromosomes, which DARPA describes as a fundamental tool in development of advanced therapeutics, vaccines, and cellular diagnostics. Aye, aye, aye. Often 
frequently promoted as a, a means of enhancing humans by imbuing them with non-natural characteristics, including halting aging or improving cognition. And it says DARPA is also involved in research where these methods are used to create super soldiers. I mean, they've been at that for years trying to get that. And no longer requires sleep or regular meals, among other augmented features, and has another program about creating metabolically dominant fighters. So there you go. These are the guys that want to be working on their vaccines as well and stuff like that. It's a long article, actually. Very well done. Lots and lots of links involved in it, and uh, I'll put it up for those who want to go through it. Just to show you how everything is connected, nothing spontaneous, including the coronavirus. It comes out at the right. It's like 9-11, you know, the, the, the PNAC group, the Project for New American Century, published the, their list of countries they wanted to be taken out, get taken out by the US military in the 1990s, mid-90s. And then they said, but they would need a Pearl Harbor event to get the public support behind them to do these wars. Well, 9-11 happened and they got what they wanted. Same thing here, you see. It's the same idea. Um, all the things that they wanted to do with the, the modification of your human body, etc. And to use the experimental vaccines. Well, bingo. Uh, they've already got the things ready and to try to test on the people. But all they know is the right disease. And bingo, they get what they want. And just coincidence. If you want to win money, get these guys to pick the lotto numbers for you. Because they'll, they'll always win. It's just, just uh, luck, eh? It's amazing luck they got. And the public will be behind them. Just like a war, you see. Oh, yeah, give us a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. I tell you. But it's interesting, too, about next-generation non-surgical newer technology N3 program. It's called non-invasive or minimally invasive brain-computer interfaces to read and write directly onto the brain. Mm-mm-mm. And the links are here for that, too. According to one recent report on DARPA's N3 program, right, this is uh, one example of minimally invasive technologies would involve an injection of a virus carrying light-sensitive sensors to other chemical, biotech, or self-assembled nanobots that can reach the individual's neurons and control their activity independently without damaging sensitive tissue. The proposed use for these technologies isn't yet well specified, but as animal experiments have shown, controlling the activity of, a, of single neurons at multiple points is sufficient to program artificial memories of fear, desire, and experiences directly into the brain. They talk about creating thought-controlled weapons, and so on. <laughs> so there you go. The military-industrial complex, just like this, they said, the fourth industrial revolution, it's all here to help you. You understand? All these rich sods at the very, very top, they can't sleep at night because they're dreaming up new ways to help you, you see. They're just so worried about you all the time. That's how they got so rich, it was through worry, you see. Mm-hmm. Also expose warp speed with Whitney Webb, and chips, gels, and sensors on the way, and the Trump COVID PSYOP, it says here. It's quite a good little article, too. I'll put that one up to you for anyone who wants to go into that there. Now, what else I got here? Oh, yeah, I got a whole bunch of things, actually. This, again, is about data, data. It's all part of the same, the same uh, 
global reset, uh, fourth industrial revolution, etc., etc., this one here. So today, government leaders must be able to clearly communicate trusted COVID-19 data to constituents. Data visualization and analytics, analytics capabilities can assist government leaders as they help citizens navigate the crisis. What it really is, when you really look at this article, is that they should all be on board saying the same things, <laughs> really, and just parroting what they're told to parrot, as far as I can see, as what comes out of this, this article. And... Um, how the, the, those who are meant to communicate to the public, or that's their job, is or should be communicating to the public. But also it talks about creating a COVID-19 data hub, one-stop shop for the most relevant COVID-19. What it is, is literally just that. It's a, it's a hub to create all the things which they'll be telling you across the countries. They've got all the same data from the same hub pretty well to standardize information to make sure we don't get any truth about uh, the COVID. I guess that's what it really is. Everything's double speak, isn't it? It really is. But I'll put this one up as well. Because that's where we are with all of this. We're living in amazing times, you know, amazing times, where the folk haven't got a clue that most of what they're getting is fiction. Who would be, be so audacious as to lie to that extent and bring whole nations to a halt by closing down everything that works to sustain them. Well, guess who, eh? And there is such a thing as utter evil. Like Craig Murray mentioned about the court system, you sense evil is there. When you see what appear to be sane adult people who, who are, are not um, backward in any way, intellectually, put it that way, Lying their faces off for, to the detriment of other people. Dangerous, dangerous precedents. I'm going to put up three links to the same YouTuber, a guy who went round to the these huge facilities in cities in England, three major cities, and uh, one after the other, and photographed them from the outside. You're not allowed on, really had all these security guards that were, hardly any of them could speak deep English, and many of them were probably, probably more recent arrivals, and he actually had some altercations with, with one group of them. But he shows you that the, the place, these ma- there were acres and acres in each one of them, with these huge tents everywhere, and so completely empty except for the security guards. These are the testing centres, supposedly. There's nobody in them except security guards. Literally, you know, and uh, and yet he said when he, he walks up, I wonder how many thousands of positives they'll, they'll have for tomorrow's papers or for tomorrow, because it, it, no one's getting tested, you can see there at all. And these are the massive facilities, really, they put up these temporary facilities. They looked almost like, like um, prisons, like the British Boer. I mean, Britain invented the, the, the prison camp idea. During the Boer War, the Boer War, and they had the constant—they actually called them concentration camps—in the Boer War, where they put the Dutch Boer farmers in them, and uh, that's what it looked like with these huge fences getting put up around these these sites with all the huge tents inside, and um, this white kind of uh, 
pre-constructed kind of tents. Big money, too, to all the contractors. They, they get the millions thrown at them for nothing, really. Eh? Isn't it astonishing? You think you're living in a, a just, rational, free society. What a joke. But he goes around with them all, and you'll see him having confrontations with uh, the security guards who won't even let him in. And, and they also try to get him off the sidewalk, even though it's public property. Again, facts don't matter. And a lot of the, these ones that come in to the country, they put them into um, outfits and call them security guards, are from countries where they have no, no idea what democracy has been anyway. They have the, so they literally start swaggering and they think that they're, they're working for the commandant, basically. Dangerous times when they can recruit them too for contact tracing as well. And, and, and terrible things are going to happen. There's no doubt about it. You can smell it all coming. But uh, this is the agenda. So I'll put these three YouTubes up and you can you watch them and have a, a chuckle as he debates uh, why he can't stand on the, on the public sidewalk outside of it and, and film from the outside through the gates and so on. These massive facilities are completely empty except for the very bored-looking security guards. <laughs> and also, um, I put this article up a few weeks ago. The World Bank's COVID-19 Strategic Preparedness and Response Program documents. Marked for official use only. Identify the bank's COVID-19 program as ending in March 2025. So the start date of the program was April 2020. And so five years hence from then, you see. I'll put the PDF up again for those who want it from the World Bank itself. And it just shows you how long they want to keep this whole thing going. And by the way, it says in it that uh, if they need to, they can, they can put it for another few years. They can extend it after that. So there you go. You know, and, and out of this is supposed to be a changed world. The longer they can keep all locked down and terrified and so on, uh, the better for them to bring in the new system. This is what it's about. The World Bank member is completely tied in with uh, the globalists. It's part of the globalist agenda. It was set up as a private bank by very hush-hush kind of characters uh, that run the, the central banking systems as well. They financed them. And they were set up, remember, initially by the group that became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Before that was the Alfred Milner Group, Lord Alfred Milner Group. They set up the, the League of Nations that became the United Nations. They set up the World Bank, the IMF. They own them all, and the Bank for International Settlements. So I'll put this one up to show you that uh, this isn't just going to go away anytime soon, obviously. For those who don't know, but uh, are you getting the picture of what's really happening here? And it's not a matter of panicking people. I've already said it. Most folk can't handle the truth, so don't, don't try to persuade folk uh, to come to your point of view or understanding. A lot of folk can't come to it. It's, 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 they just can't do it. So make sure you've got a few friends who say that they can sit and, and don't, don't worry each other into the grave by discussing things ad nauseum. Just quietly prepare and help to help each other out and get through as best you can. However, the long haul, and regardless of that, so the, the, the governments are going to, your, your own Congress people are behind rioting in the streets and possibly 
um, a complete change of system. They want a post-democratic society that also fits in with a globalist agenda. Technocracy have said it through the Club of Rome. They said that the democracy doesn't work. It's too cumbersome having to please the people all the time. Uh, they can't get things done much more efficient to get rid of democracy and, and let experts run this show. You know? That's what it's all about. At the beginning of the COVID scare, when it started, I've got articles here where the same organizations came out and said the same things, that we need technocrats to take charge of everything, to override all politicians and politics to get things done. The same mantra, which the global reset is all about, and the fourth industrial revolution is a post-democratic society, folks. A post-free choice society where you can choose what you maybe want to work at or how much money you do or don't want to earn, you know. All gone by the wayside, it's a planned society. A much smaller population too, as the population will drop. And to bring in smart cities, the smart cities, remember, the withering away. Remember, did, I gave the talks years ago from the Department of Defense, the DOD, when they said that the future is smart cities and that nations might just wither away and leave big cities, you see. The named which ones would probably be running the world. They would be, be a, a, a kind of going back to the old cities, walled cities. There's even articles out now about walled cities by Kissinger, by the way, talking about going back to that kind of premise because of COVID. Eh? But it ties in exactly with the withering away of the state, a la Karl Marx, a la globalists, a la CFR. And, and again, going right into what the DOD said back in 2008 or so, that we're, they'd have these smart cities, they'd be super cities, and, um, and this, there'd be nothing outside them except rural areas, the people would be off the land, etc. Agenda 21, off the land. And just, we just happen to go along that same agenda right now, aren't we? It's just coincidence, just like if you need a Pearl Harbor event for 9-11 to happen, and they get what they want on 9-11. Um, same kind of thing, folks. We're living through a script, and the elite always get what they want, and they're using terror to do it, obviously. The shattering destruction of anything which is necessary for survival to the general population, their ability to even work and support themselves, being utterly destroyed, locking down the healthy, not the sick, but the healthy, the whole population. This is war, planned war for a virus, which really, if you get it, you, you generally won't know you've got it. And testing, po even if they test positive, with their the terrible, ridiculous test I've got, test positive for having particles of dead viruses there, doesn't mean you're, you're sick with it. But they keep saying cases, oh, new cases. Well, the more they test, the more new cases they're always going to find, because these things are always around. <laughs> these types of viruses are always there. And particles, folks. That's the truth of it. That's why they picked in something so so ambiguous as, as a particle testing and so on. Mm -hmm. All by design, eh? And yet folks, they'll go and vote, thinking they're going to change it all by 
voting the same corrupt people back in again. Dynasties of them, aren't they? Dynasties. <laughs> uh, it's just astonishing. Alexander Hamilton was right. You know? when he, he and Jefferson used to argue about the systems and the best system. And, and Hamilton said that uh, he preferred tyrants in the past and, and conquerors like Alexander the Great, folk who got things done again. You know? <laughs> and he said, he said, isn't it better to have a royal, to, a royal family, a king, rather than this idea of a congress based on Rome. Rome was based on a congress, you see, in the Senate as well. But isn't it better, he said, to have, uh, because he says, after all, he says, if you've got a royal family, you've only got the royal family and a few members to support in a life of luxury. But if you get a parliamentary congress, he said, now you've, you might have hundreds, maybe even thousands of people all, all demanding meat to be kept in, in a higher level, bigger than the population that's supporting them. A higher standard of living. And that's the truth of it. They're all like royalty, aren't they? Lots. They're all, they're really, come on, they really are. And with a psychopathic system, it's mainly the psychopaths who go into politics anyway. So you got to start taking care of yourselves and each other for the long haul. It's so important. And um, and you you get through it all right as long as you do keep your head as they say keep the heed they say in Scotland keep your heed and, uh, and don't lose it and uh, you'll get through step by step that's how you get through things step by step and you can work towards it and hope hope we we can all live in hope or even pray uh, that the evil will will fall apart. But evil won't fall apart if the society itself is evil. You tolerate more evil, the more evil society is, the more corrupt society is. As they say about corruption and, and politics and so on, uh, what was your level of tolerance? And they say the level of tolerance of society, of corruption, is, depends on how corrupt the people down below are too, themselves. And unfortunately the corruption has, has exacerbated right down to the bottom levels because of the humanistic society we've been, we've been brought into, the materialistic humanistic society, plus the brainwashing memories had to be, to be um, scientific as opposed to human. And that's the truth of it. So for myself, again, Alan Watt from Dear Canada, please donate to me, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, or buy the books and discs, see how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully that'll keep me ticking along so for myself where winter is almost here northern Ontario I'm on what is good night may your god or your gods go with you